um, with your teams from the different departments. Um, let me also welcome and uh, greet the uh, our select, I mean, other uh, sister committees, portfolio committees on committee on uh, public works. I want to believe they are on the platform or there are other members who are on the platform and also portfolio committee members on the from uh, police are on the platform. And everyone on the platform, you are most welcome. And we know that uh, we are operating under a very challenging uh, circumstances that... Uh, we, we, we are always crossing our fingers when we are on, at work that the uh, load shedding is not uh, really disturbing our work, but uh, that is the story of our life for now. Recording uh, in progress. We will, we will get over it. And um, this is the agenda on the platform. Uh, all the members uh, are encouraged and uh, to feel free to participate in this uh, meeting. And I hope we will finish while we, we are a quorum, while we are still a quorum on the platform. Um, Coach person, are you on the platform already? Memabi? <laughs> Madam, yes, I am. Good afternoon to you, Chair. Good afternoon, colleagues. Afternoon, am I Afternoon. Thank yes, you, you are. Thank you, Coach Epperson. Um, well, according to the agenda, uh, we are on item number one. Apologies. Uh, Cindy, can we deal with apologies, please? Yes, Chairperson from the committee side, we received apology from um, Mrs. Sober, who is attending to parliamentary work And Hello, Cindy. Cindy. Cindy, have you opened your video? For core business at parliament. Those are the only apologies. Oh, gosh. Jay? Can you hear me? Yes, I was kicked out. Uh, my apologies. No problem, Chair. Quickly repeat the apologies. We got an apology from Melatoma, who is attending to Parliamentary Work. Also, with the Minister of Public Works. 
Yeah, as I was cut off, I was saying, I don't know if other members can hear you. Um, the Minister the National Commissioner. Um, um, Cindy. Miss Cindy. Cindy, have you opened your video? I'm struggling to hear you. I don't know if I'm the only one who's struggling to hear you. No, Chairperson, you're right. That you have presented. You're right. We can't hear Cindy very Can well. You that? No, thank that, you. Thank you, Mr. The video is off, but we can't hear her. She's struggling yeah. with connection. Cindy, can you try something else? I don't know. I, I thought maybe if you close your video, we will hear you. Um, so can I propose that anyone we, can we move you? on? And maybe at the later stage when okay. Cindy stables, then she can brief us on the apologies. I received an apology from the speaker. I'm not sure if um, there's someone also who's been sent from the speaker's office to tender the speaker's uh, apology, but I've received it. So can I propose that we continue then at a later stage when Cindy's table, then she can join us and brief us. Okay, for record purposes, we will do that. And also when we deal with the uh, uh, adoption of the minutes, we will go back to, to, to that one. Thank you, Coach Person, with that. I also received that uh, apology and I had his uh, talking about the... Uh, uh, presenting the apology of the uh, Melisum. Um, Chairperson, uh, can we then adopt the agenda? Yes, Chairperson, uh, Mr. Singh. I'm sorry, I may also have a problem uh, with also, load, load shedding. So, uh, just to let you, you know, I might be in. I might be in and out. Can okay. you hear me? I uh, will keep soldier on. Yes, I can. Okay, hear thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. I can hear you, Mr. Singh. Sorry, and I think Chair, this is the problem you. that all of us. Who's that? Uh, it's severe. I can't see the head. It's severe. Oh, Ms. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Chair, Chair, I just want to find out um, in the absence of the speaker, is anybody representing the speaker in this meeting, um, considering that she has had, she, she's been uh, excused? Thanks. According to the information that I have, and also, okay, okay. Uh, uh, Ubamason is on the platform. Yes, sir. Yeah. I think if we've got oh, speaker, yeah, Ubamason is on the platform. Yeah. Okay. It's fine. Are you fine, uh, Honorable Kwahube? Ah, uh, covered, Chair, covered. I uh, just wanted to make sure one of the presiding officers is here. Thank you. Can I get a mover for the adoption of the agenda, please? I move, Chair. Honorable. With it. Thank you, Honorable Khadebe. With you, man, you wanted to make an addition or amendment. With what? It's fine. I move, for the I move for the adoption of the agenda. Okay, check. thank you. Thank you, Honorable Khadebe. 
Uh, a seconder, please. For person, Honorable Fanny, I second for the adoption of the agenda. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Fanskalpik. Um, can we move to the second item of the day? Um, uh, we have been informed that the, the chairperson of the National Council of Provinces is here on behalf of the executive authorities of parliament. Uh, can I request the uh, Honorable uh, Masondo uh, to have the remarks? Yes. Uh, Honorable no, Masondo. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Chairperson. Uh, and greetings to to everyone. Uh, uh, the program, as I see it, uh, it appears on the screen, uh, indicates that the, there are going to be uh, presentations uh, by the Directorate for Priority Crime Investigation, um, uh, as well as by the South African Police Services. Um, uh, I, 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 I guess what the, the, the presentation will do is really to, to strike a balance, uh, afford us an opportunity to get the information uh, that we require, uh, 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 so provide some guidance uh, without necessarily uh, infringing on or uh, compromising whatever investigations uh, that still has, has to be carried out in relation to the matters that will be deliberating on, 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 on today. Uh, so as an introduction, uh, what one is saying is that uh, uh, the presentation made uh, and, and, and hopefully uh, that will go a long mm. way towards ensuring that uh, 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 we're able to meaningfully engage on the issues um, and, and provide some guidance uh, going forward. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson, uh, for those remarks. Uh, Cindy, can you bring back the... I don't know if members will want uh, to to have the the agenda on the platform again. And uh, I hope you have uh, given the presenters, the, the, the co-host the function. Have you shared the function with them? Yes, I have, Chair. <clears throat> okay. Okay, now we will go to, I don't know who's going to represent, oh, Lieutenant General Libya, who's going to make a, a presentation leading the DPCI, the DPCI, Department of Police Investigation. Am I correct with that uh, name? Yes, Yes, uh, good afternoon, uh, Honorable uh, Chairperson and Honorable Members. And immediately, um, my apologies, immediately as you are done, please hand over to your colleague because we are also uh, 
trying to, to cover as much time as we can. Thank you. Over to you, uh, Ndatelbia. Thank you so very much, uh, Honorable uh, Chairperson and Honorable Members. Uh, because I do not have control, I will just uh, request uh, the Secretary to move the slides uh, when I go on. Otherwise, I'm accompanied by the provincial head of the Hawks in the province, which is Major General Makatu. Uh, on the agenda, I have seen that uh, it is recorded that uh, the, uh, Libya is the deputy national head. Uh, it is slightly incorrect. It is the national head, not the deputy, if it can just be corrected. Moving over to the presentation itself, if we can go over to the next slide. The, the first slide is just an indication of the show of uh, the parliamentary precinct that was affected on the 2nd of January 2022. And I will not be reading uh, in detail this uh, background information because I think it is well-known fact that uh, on the 2nd of January 2022, that is where the challenge that uh, we are today sitting with has started, uh, which resulted in the banning of uh, the old assembly building in parliament. Uh, the DPCI is charged with the investigation, criminal investigation of this matter, whereas uh, the greater service will deal with... Uh, the administrative part of uh, the investigation, disciplinary and the like. Uh, in terms of the investigation, uh, it, it is just an indication that uh, from the beginning, we were involved on the first day of the fire. And uh, we also engaged with the other role players, such as the fire brigade, that were notified to attend to the uh, scene. Uh, in general, a case was opened uh, for housebreaking and theft, as well as arson. That is where we started our investigation. And then uh, the, a suspect was identified, uh, which I will not be dealing with uh, detail as we have been uh, properly uh, cautioned by the Honorable Member, uh, uh, Mr. Masondo, not to divulge the information that might compromise the case itself as the matter is saving before the High Court. Uh, the suspect was identified uh, as Mr. Zandile Christmas Mafe, a 49-year-old man who resides in uh, Kailicha. Moving to the next slide uh, is just an indication of uh, the crime scene that was uh, initially uh, dealt with by other uh, environment, which was handed over to the DPCI for the purpose of investigation. Our section called Crimes Against the State is the one that uh, we appointed to deal with the investigation. So we had an interview with the suspect that I have uh, pointed out. Certain things shall have been attended to, which I will not detail. Some of these require the identification 
parade, the pointing out of certain things, which will obviously be presented in court and may be challenged. Uh, We have also taken photos of the environment, including the present itself. We have also made use of uh, the video footages that are kept uh, in Parliament. Moving over to the next slide, it's just uh, the show of the investigation that uh, where we started and that uh, the matter was also uh, presented at court uh, starting in January and then uh, having to be postponed for various reasons, including the application of bail, the consideration of uh, the normality of uh, the accused person. And the accused person was obviously detained in uh, one of uh, the prisons in the Western Cape. As I have indicated, certain evidence of the pointing out and possible admission or confession will be dealt with uh, when we go to court. Moving over to the next slide, uh, this one is just an indication that uh, what we will be presenting at court at some stage will also be covering some uh, pictures of the footages of what was happening in a 30-hour video footage is available to be presented should the circumstances uh, require. Moving over to the next uh, slide is just an indication of uh, the investigation that we have done without dealing with the nitty-gritties. I can say at this stage that, uh, as I've indicated at the beginning, the charges that uh, we were looking at after conclusion of the investigation, the matter was presented before the National Director of Public Prosecution to consider prosecuting the accused person in terms of the Pogdatara. Uh, that type of prosecution can't be done unless the National Director of Public Prosecution issue a certificate to that effect. Indeed, the National Director of Public Prosecution have issued a certificate allowing that the accused person should be charged in terms of uh, uh, terrorism, uh, which is why now the accused will be charged in terms of that uh, particular uh, charge. So the accused person is currently in custody uh, the case itself has been postponed to November. There is a typing error uh, suggesting that he's coming on the 4th. It's actually the 5th, the 5th of uh, November. Uh, we may have noted, uh, as this matter is now in public space, that uh, there were certain demands that the accused person is making, including refusal to it, making certain demands. But otherwise, uh, we can just conclude that uh, the investigation is completed once all of the challenges that the accused person is raising has been attended to, the trial will start. The state is ready to proceed with the case. With that, uh, honorable chairperson and uh, honorable member, I will conclude the presentation on the part of the DPCI, then maybe uh, 
the matter can be handed over to my colleagues in the greater service. I think uh, General Shichawani uh, might be leading that particular uh, portion of the presentation. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable uh, Chairperson and members. I submit. Thank you, Lieutenant General Shitabani. Uh, thank you, Honorable Chair, and good afternoon also, Honorable Members, as well as uh, uh, General Lebea, my colleague, uh, the head of DPCI. Um, I would uh, continue in terms of the uh, presentation, Honorable Chair, uh, which is basically the up, um, you know, update in as far as the um, you know, some of the measures that we would have taken, um, you know, after the, you know, banning of parliament, you would recall that uh, we have taken through, you know, the joint, uh, you know, standing committee and uh, the other committees in terms of, um, you know, progress that we've made, uh, which uh, touches, uh, you know, the security enhancement as well as the uh, you know, the disciplinary, the departmental, uh, you know, aspect of it, what uh, then the general uh, Libya would have touched would have been based on the criminal uh, because also we uh, had to embark on the departmental. When you look at the, the table of content, we've got uh, section one, which is with the purpose, and then we have uh, section two, which is the situational analysis, uh, the current status, of control in terms of monitoring centers, uh, management of monitoring room of parliament. Um, and then section three would be dealing with the command and control. Uh, that is the intervention uh, that would have made in terms of command and control and the additional measures uh, for the enhancement of security of parliament. We can proceed. And then uh, when we look at uh, section four, uh, we deal with the mid-term, medium-term approach. Uh, that is uh, what would be dealing with uh, the narrative of the uh, medium-term approach in terms of uh, the enhancement of security around the parliamentary present and the reconfiguration of uh, zones, uh, zonal deployment, a new approach for posting in terms of 12-hour shift and then centralization or centralized management approach of control centers um, and the centralization of monitoring room for parliament, enhance uh, effective radio communication. Um, and then section five will look at the long-term approach. Uh, that is, uh, that will be the narrative of it in terms of the long-term approach. We can proceed. Well, in terms of the papers, as I would have alluded, the Honorable Chair is to really um, address the, you know, the Joint Standing Committee in terms of the enhancement uh, security measures uh, for the parliamentary present, what would have done since, uh, you know, the fire uh, that is, uh, you know, January uh, up to up to now things that we would have done in terms of medium term and uh, you know and short I mean and long term approach uh, we can proceed 
And then section two, we look at the situational analysis of the current status of the monitoring centers emanating from the security breach. Various measures were outlined to enhance security at Parliament present. Uh, Secondly, we then look at uh, the review of the current control monitoring rooms within Parliament, which is located uh, the following uh, places, because you would recall when we did the briefing that uh, amongst the things when we did the investigation, looking at uh, some of the gaps that we had, uh, would would recall that we have uh, at the time we're sitting with three uh, monitoring rooms, one which is at 100 Plain Street, uh, which also um, is uh, then managed by the police, which is the Division Protection and Security Services. And then you have, uh, which deals with the outer perimeter cameras and the fire alarm systems. And then you also, in the same, um, you know, 100 Plain Street, you've got also the parliamentary protection services that is doing the inner perimeter in terms of the inner, um, you know, cameras, um, uh, which uh, when we did the presentation, you would recall those are the things that would have touched on. And then the third one would be the one that is situated at NAS, uh, which is the monitoring room, which is the um, office of the president, which is then uh, monitored by the uh, component presidential. Uh, they deal with the inner perimeter in terms of the cameras also and the outer perimeter. So it, it will be configured in terms of those three, uh, you know, um, monitoring rooms as, as outlined here. We can proceed. Uh, management of monitoring room for of parliament. Uh, currently there are Two existing monitoring rooms within the parliamentary present as a tool to monitor the security of parliament. Broad players uh, responsible for is the ones that I've spoken about, the three, uh, which is uh, the division itself, uh, protection, and then the component presidential as well as parliamentary protection services. We can continue. And then the interventions, so these are the measures that would have taken uh, after we've explained uh, what would have identified as a gap uh, which would have compromised in as far as security is concerned. Um, and now, these are the uh, intervention measures that would have undertaken as a department uh, and as a division. Uh, we one, it would have been the integrated uh, personal deployment, personal deployment, and one command structure for the purposes of uh, viewing of CCTV cameras within the control center from the first September. So it means what we would have done here uh, would have centralized the command center, which would come into. Uh, whilst you have the three, which are still existing, but in terms of uh, would have centralized them uh, to. Dama House, which is just opposite, which uh, we have the provincial uh, head, um, Brigadier Peterson, uh, that is responsible for protection within Western Cape. So it means we have the IMC, which is an information management center, which then um, all the information uh, would then be filtered. That is the central, uh, that is our NEF center. So it means all this uh, three, they will be reporting, but essentially we're talking about two, which then they will be reporting two uh, from the first day. This is what is happening currently. So it means you don't have this um, 
you know, working in silos now would have interpreted, and then you would have one central, uh, you know, command, you know, structure. And then we have integration of cameras uh, to be expanded from 100 Plain Street to 10 days. Uh, this is what I was alluding to. Furthermore, as additional measure, a meeting was held on the 28 June 2022, which with the city of Cape Town to align the integration of the outer perimeter monitoring of cameras around the uh, parliament. Um, uh, here, what we are explaining uh, would have uh, set with the uh, city of Cape Town in terms of Cyclops, uh, which is uh, then monitoring all the cameras within the city of Cape Town. Now we would have uh, our deployment, which also gives us additional, you know, eyes in terms of uh, all the cameras that are monitoring around the parliamentary present, which is the outer perimeter. So it means currently we have a deployment. So it would have been the meeting that we had on the 28th, which we have agreed. So it means uh, whilst we have a deployment at Cyclops, which gives us additional, you know, as I say, um, you know, sort of a broader scope in terms of being able to, you know, track uh, even, you know, movement around the parliament present from the outer perimeter itself. Uh, Sub-deployment, uh, we have started from the 1st July 2022 at Cyclops. Uh, on an ad hoc basis uh, to communicate with subs within parliamentary presence. So it means basically uh, from Cyclops, we're able also to, you know, when we pick up something, we're able to communicate whether with the uh, two monitoring room as well as uh, the IMC at Gamma House. So it means we're able then to direct, redirect, and be able to give command uh, to the deployment that we have within the present itself. We can proceed. Uh, section three is command and control. Um, interventions that would have done in as far as the command and control of personnel. Here we are really talking to you know the personnel that is deployed because uh, if you would understand, if then you have the three uh, the, you know monitoring room, then it tells you that even in terms of personnel, then you have a three command you know, sort of structure which would have collapsed. Now we have one command structure. Based on the assessment findings, the following measures have been introduced to enhance the security at Parliament. Uh, we have done the appointment of the designated commander uh, for Parliament uh, for command and control. So what we are basically saying here, uh, we have appointed a full cadre that is responsible, you know, for, you know, the Parliament present you know, the whole present, it means it will resort under this uh, full kennel, which is Colonel Molozzi. And then there is also a lieutenant kennel, which is also a second in charge, and then would have different uh, relief commanders, which are, uh, and also zonal, you know, at deployment and commanders, which are at the level we have in terms of the shifts, uh, the shift commanders would be at a uh, captain level. Um, and then the other zones, would be warrant officers because we have a number of warrant officers uh, uh, which are quite experienced. Additional responsibility was incorporated in terms of the job description of supervisors uh, to visit in the monitoring room and implementation of the handing over during shift change. Uh, this is something that we have also um, you know, added in terms of the job description because that this would have not been part of 
of the job description of the commander because the commander at the time was responsible not only for the parliament. Now we would have streamlined, then would have put it within the job description as well as the supervisors. That is, these are the responsibilities uh, that they should understand that among the things that they should be dealing with is to also look at the monitoring room and visit and do the registers and also proper handing over in terms of the shift changes. Uh, integrated personnel deployment and one command structure for the purposes of viewing CCTV cameras within the control center. This is what I've explained earlier. Uh, systematic vehicle and foot patrols within uh, the identified zones of the parliamentary presence. So here what we're saying is that we have what we call a rapid response, you know, um, which we have vehicles that... Uh, uh, would then post, uh, they will be doing patrols solely around, um, you know, and it means if then there is uh, some sort of, um, uh, you know, um, an intrusion or there is something that is suspicious, then even the commander at different zones, even the uh, shift commander that will be on duty during the day or at night, then they will be able to you know, uh, direct uh, those uh, particular, um, you know, whether it's a vehicle or the foot patrol. So it means would have zone a uh, parliament uh, present in terms of different zones, which will touch on them when we, uh, you know, uh, proceed. We can go on. Uh, outer perimeter measures uh, for the enhancement of the security of parliament, the strength uh, to strengthen the protection of the outer perimeter of parliament. The following additional interim measures were implemented on the 26th June 2022. Um, so this is what we would have done additionally uh, from 26th June. Uh, you would have noticed uh, some of the honorable members that what would have done uh, would have put a uh, four meter of barbed wire, uh, which was placed at government lane, and 800 meter of barbed wire, and the speed fencing was placed at Parliament Avenue, and 40 and, and to 50 meters of speed fencing was placed between a uh, corner of Tennis as well as the slave lodge. Uh, but here I can just indicate uh, that um, we had uh, some discussion with uh, the uh, city of Cape Town, uh, which we have agreed also with the provincial commissioner, uh, that uh, which we have reached a compromise in terms of, because what we would have done in terms of uh, would have shut down uh, the whole from the 26th of June, would have closed the whole, uh, uh, the government lane, which uh, then talks to the, uh, you know, the garden within the uh, government lane. But uh, with uh, the um, discussion that we had with the city of Cape Town, which we have agreed then, uh, currently they're busy pulling the barbed wire. What will remain until the implementation from uh, public works in terms of the um, the greater, um, you know, uh, master plan that will deal with the, uh, you know, the, the fencing, which is quite low in terms of uh, the national key point prescript that would prescribe because it has to be three meters and, and above what we're sitting with. It's a, it's a low fence, but uh, with what we have, we have the speed fencing. At least it gives us that uh, kind of advantage, even though we have uh, foot patrols 
So it's just to give you um, uh, things that would have put as a interim measures, which was not obviously going to be permanent until uh, we are able to, you know, implement the master plan uh, as uh, it's in progress in terms of public works. But uh, it's also safe to say that uh, what would uh, also agreed is that you know uh, from from 1600 I mean 1800 hours it means we would be able Chair. to Chair. Uh, Chair the pardon uh, you are fading away you are yes, fading uh, away I was saying the presenter is fading away oh I'm fading away am I yes. audible now yes okay. oh, no, no, thank yeah. you thank you ma'am no, I'm sorry about that. Um, so what I was saying is that um, in terms of uh, the government lane, uh, we have agreed uh, would still close it <coughs> after hours. That is at 1800 hours, then we'll be able to, uh, because at that time, then the garden, it will be closed. So it means there wouldn't be access until the following day in the morning at 6 a.m., uh, in the morning, then it means we'll open again. So on continuous basis, this is what we'll be doing until we have a permanent uh, solution, which uh, in terms of the report in as far as security appraisal of parliament, we can go through. A section four that it deals with the medium term approach. Um, in terms of our medium term approach a request, uh, we request Parliament to provide a feedback of all CCTV cameras inclusive of inner perimeter to tennis monitoring room. So basically here what we're saying is that um, in terms of the long term, I mean sort of a short term approach, which then also touches to long term, it means all the CCTV cameras that we have, whether it's at tennis, whether it's 100 Plain Street, uh, would have uh, identified you know, um, you know the central, uh, you know, monitoring room, uh, which were working, um, you know, um, closely with uh, the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure, uh, where we are going to then, and also would be then also upgrading uh, the one that we have, that IMC that I spoke about at Gamma House, uh, which is the one that uh, will be able to get fit at any of. Uh, uh, some of the critical infrastructure that we have, review of security awareness program every six months within the uh, static uh, environment. So what we have identified as a, a gap within our system is that uh, it's quite important that we do this uh, security awareness uh, program uh, within, with a, within our members as well as the staff uh, because it's something that we would have normally uh, would do. Um, I think, uh, you know, it's one of those things that... I think uh, there is some interruption. So child labor is illegal in South Africa. Sorry. <laughs> can we, can you we mute our mics, uh, participants, please? Can you mute um, our mics? We understand we came from home. Can you please mute? So, Honorable Chair, Honorable Members, what we are saying here is that um, we are going to introduce 
back. This is something that uh, we have not been doing. I think um, uh, we have realized these are the gaps that we would have identified. So we're bringing back uh, the security awareness program for you know, uh, for members as well as also the staff of parliament, which will work hand in hand with crime intelligence as well as uh, state security uh, so that we can make sure that, um, uh, you know, people are kept abreast in terms of the risk and also things that uh, people shouldn't be doing, uh, which is uh, quite a key element that we need to be able to reintroduce uh, back to the systems. And then also we re-establish a monthly lectures within the static environment. This is a back to basics basically here. It's also a gap that would have identified that um, station, uh, you know, lectures are not been done because station lectures are quite key in terms of being able to take also our members, which is purely an, an internal, uh, you know, measure or, you know, tool that we use as uh, you know, as as management, especially the you know your command structure, to be able to do lectures, so that then we are able to share best practices and be able to share you know some of the um, you know um, risk and some of the shortcomings that we are identifying, so that we keep our members you know um, sort of uh, you know abreast and updated in terms of uh, the current trends and uh, you know. Um, uh, threats and trends around whether it's crime and what have you, because it's quite important that we do those kind of things. And then also we will deal with the rotation of shift commanders and supervisors uh, biannually uh, from the 1st April 2023. It's something that we have also identified that it's important that, um, uh, you know, we should be able also to do some kind of rotation in terms of the shift Commanders, because sometimes uh, people get to use, uh, get so so uh, so familiar, uh, you know, with the, the environment and start being complacent. And these are the things that we're trying to also, you know, just give them, you know, some kind of a break and work somewhere, but be able to rotate them so that then uh, we're able to keep our personnel, you know, quite, uh, you know, vigilant and being. Uh, able to, you know, understand, you know, the magnitude of the responsibility that we have. Enhanced command and control, visitation to parliament, present and tennis, monitoring center by senior officers. What would have done also uh, from the 1st February 2023 uh, would be also um, to say that, but this would have actually implemented, I think it's just a, a typo here, uh, would have implemented already uh, these officers that are visiting after hours, uh, whether especially during the night, because this is where we experience challenges. And so would have issued that directive, uh, you know, to the provincial head and also even having a discussion with the provincial commissioner, even the local station, uh, they're able to do, uh, you know, visits and patrols and be able to check. So we have that kind of collaboration amongst ourselves. A review of e-relief at day shift at Parliament Static Protection Service to increase capacity in terms of incorporation within the 12-hour shift system by 1st November. Now, when we talk about this e-relief 
surely um, it's a, a dish because what we have, we have only four reliefs. So the e-relief would basically complement. Uh, they would have different times. When it's peak hour, then would be able, from, for, for an example, some will be coming uh, with the normal shift, whether it's A or alpha and well, until delta. Uh, now, if they are on duty, then they supplement, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, different times. Now we're going to then phase it out because currently with the personnel that we have, we're not able to cover, you know, all the areas that we were supposed to cover, especially now that we have increased in terms of uh, the zones uh, within parliament, because uh, we can also report that, you know, uh, it's quite a very expensive exercise even now, because we're running also um, a overtime kind of a system now, because uh, members, they're supposed to rest for days. So we then get volunteers uh, to come and work. You find that they rest two days, and then the other two days, then they come and be able to then complement so that then we can be able to cover. Because with the current personnel, which it can be understandable that, you know, we have two years during COVID that we're not able to get a new intake in terms of, uh, you know, a personnel within the division and the whole police in general. So this is what we're talking about, uh, just to make sure that we maximize the personnel that we have within the parliamentary present. We can proceed. Um, this uh, new approach for posting in terms of 12 hour, this is just to illustrate this slide. It tells you in terms of the zones we would have. These four zones, which uh, then talks to uh, zone one, and then you can see then it talks to, you know, the entrances where it's at, at Belvedere, and then you have also at 100 Plain Street, uh, which is zone two, and then you've got zone three, which talks to, you know, the vehicle gate, uh, you know, in terms of uh, Parliament Street. So this is how we would have zoned the whole, whether from gallery, uh, gallery lane and also uh, uh, Spin Street. So we would have zoned. So we have zonal commanders, which are then responsible uh, for all those zones. Uh, so it means they are accountable, they are able to, you know, uh, look at their zone. So that will be their area of responsibility because it becomes quite easy when you zone an area. Uh, it's something that we would have, uh, you know, um, identified because normally when we do the opening of parliament, you would have, you would have seen that uh, we then extend also in terms of the outer perimeter would have uh, more zones. But this ones, I think, uh, we are then able to cover uh, within the inner perimeter of the parliamentary present. We can proceed. And then the centralized management approach of control center. Uh, you recall that we spoke about the IMC, which is the Inform Information Management Center, which is situated at um, at Gamma House. The that is, uh, there is going to be upgrade in terms of that. Uh, that is the second project uh, that we'll be doing because currently we're busy with the main, uh, you know, IMC control, uh, you know, center, which is situated in Pretoria, which will be able to, 
uh, get a feed, uh, whether from parliament, uh, because our system, we want our system to be able to talk so that then when there's a problem, we can then get a feed and be able to direct, you know, whether from Pretoria or the provincial head can be able to, you know, also direct uh, from her office or even the provincial commissioner uh, from the uh, war War room. So it means this is how we're integrating um, all our systems, even with in terms of cyclops, we'll be able also to get a feed so that then we're able to zoom specifically to the area where we have. So this is something that uh, would have put, and then it, it just illustrates that, that um, the IMC would be the nerve center, which then it would integrate all our operation within, um, you know, Western Cape in as far as uh, the uh, protection is concerned, whether it's your uh, even other, uh, you know, your national key point or your strategic installation or your uh, key infrastructure that we have. So that is the whole plan that uh, all the systems that we must we have, uh, they should be then compatible so that we are able to view uh, whether it's a tennis, whether it's presidential, uh, whether it's, um, you know, um, whatever units that we have, we should be in a position to communicate amongst ourselves. We can proceed. Um, this is also the uh, illustration of the centralization of monitoring room from parliament. So you can see IMC uh, in red as the main nerve center. This is the one that we're talking about, which is at Gamma House, uh, which then it becomes our nerve center. So it means we'll be able to get a feed uh, from Dennis, we'll be able to get also a feed uh, from 100 Plain Street, even at Cyclops uh, areas that will be interested. Then we can ask uh, at the deployment at Cyclops because then we have a deployment, which is a, it's a collaboration with the city of Cape Town. So it means that from this nerve center, we'll be able then to, you know, command and be able to direct, you know, all our, you know, operation within the nerve center. So it means it's a, it's a next phase that we'll be doing surely by next year. That will be the project that, that will be undertaking. We do have currently the uh, IMC at Kama House, but I think... Um, as I've said it, that uh, we would have to do the upgrade and so that then the system that we put, it must be compatible within the whole organization so that then we don't find that we're using a different system and then the other, whether it's in KZN, they will be using a different system. So we want to have a one system as the organization with a different division, divisions like ourselves. We can proceed. Uh, enhance effective radio communication. This is also an area that we would have identified, which is quite key. Uh, would record that there was a, um, a fire um, at some stage at, uh, at, at the mountain, which would have affected also uh, the communication network in terms of radio communication. Uh, now we would have registered a project from the 1st of April, uh, which uh, would... Um, uh, 2023 for the integration between Parliament Control Room and IMC Gamma House, and also you know so that then whether uh, you are at Cyclops, you will be able then to communicate. Uh, so this is uh, the project that we would have. Uh,
sanction which has been registered. So it means uh, by 1st April that um, uh, we should be able to realize uh, this project. Uh, But currently, we do have radios, but it's not like your high-tech radios that uh, would be quite comfortable. They're quite old. So we want to just put a new life to the communication network, uh, especially in terms of radio. Uh, procuring of radio communication for all parliamentary press and zones, uh, which is also a process that we are undertaking, but we do have uh, the ones that we are using, even if they are old, as I've said it, liaising with subs uh, radio technical, as I've uh, alluded, uh, for appropriate radio network and and also to the city of Cape Town for secure radio channels, as well as ICASA, uh, because in terms of uh, radio frequency, uh, this is this is the body that regulates in terms of the frequencies. So we are in also in discussion with ICASA, uh, so that then we can have, uh, you know, those secured uh, also um, uh, frequencies. That be secured. So those are the things that uh, uh, we are implementing in terms of communication. We can proceed. Uh, Section 5, it's a long-term approach. Uh, Then in terms of the long-term approach, updating of parameter intruder detection beams. Uh, Here, well, it's uh, quite uh, technical, uh, you know, things that uh, uh, which will be contained in our appraisal report, assessment report that we would have produced uh, for the whole parliamentary present now. Over and above that, you'll be dealing with the perimeter fence. Uh, you need to have uh, the intruder detection beams. These beams, they also become additional, uh, you know, sort of deterrent uh, tool that we use so that if it then uh, were able to detect in, based on the uh, movement, because they detect any motion, any motion that is happening within the perimeter of the parliamentary present, whether it's uh, at government lane or anywhere, uh, would have these beams that will be able to tell us, which then they will be able to, um, you know, ring an alarm within the control center, then we'll be able to zoom to that particular, and we can also be able to dispatch uh, even... um, that um, rapid response vehicle to be able to go and deal whilst we're able to also zoom in terms of the CCTV cameras uh, that we have. Uh, The appointment of CCTV monitoring room overall commander, uh, that is something that uh, also we have looked at. So it means uh, we have a commander that then deals with uh, the overall monitoring room. So it means uh, you have one commander over and above that you have a kennel, a full kennel that is responsible. But also this monitoring rooms, uh, it's important that there must be one commander, uh, which then will be reporting to the relief command. But the responsibility will be around the monitoring room. We are not duplicating, but it's just to enhance our security. And then uh, uh, public works and infrastructure identification of company to provide comprehensive training on the monitoring of CCTV cameras uh, um, incidents. And now what we have identified is that uh, most of our personnel, uh, they would not really 
be trained adequately in terms of um you know the you know um operation of the cameras now we want um what we are initiating now which were in discussion with public works is that uh, the companies that are putting all this uh, you know cctv cameras then they should be able to provide a really a comprehensive training which it has to be also accompanied with a certificate that of com- uh, competency that a person is competent and also by annual maintenance and training of personnel and train the trainer, supervisor, monitoring and evaluation uh, course. Because I think uh, what we are saying and what would have identified, it's important also that we build that capacity within, you know, the um, the organization and the division that, you know, we should be training uh, the trainers so that then uh, as we get personnel, then we are able even ourselves uh, to be able to train our personnel. And some of the uh, you know, the cost uh, would be also integrated, which would be in discussion with the um, HRD, which is uh, our division, which deals with human resource development in terms of uh, when, because uh, what we normally do, uh, these are members of the South African Police Service. They do the normal training, uh, which is uh, six months or uh, and do another six months in terms of uh, field training. And then from there, then they would be recruited uh, by the time they go to the college. And then we then take them for training in terms of a basic VIP. But we can then just say that no, not everybody that we have. So this is what we're putting in place that not every member that is within our environment, especially uh, strategic uh, or your key points like uh, uh, parliament, it's quite important that uh, uh, those uh, members, they should be trained proper uh, because even the act itself, it says that they should be trained even in terms of national key point uh, training. They should have an understanding of that. So it's something that we're going to integrate. But in terms of the national key point that we're continuously doing that, we can proceed. Um, I think uh, we... Uh, the, the one that would have not um, included uh, honorable chair is the which we apologize we realize that when we send uh, the initial um, you know um, presentation would have not put the update in terms of status for the departmental cases in terms of the cases um, the captain that was on duty um, on the day as a the presenter. Can you come over to the mic, please, uh, Lieutenant? Okay, I'm sorry. Um, I beg your pardon. While you were talking about the apology, I think towards the end of your presentation, we struggled to hear you. No, what, what I was saying, uh, Honorable Chair, was that um, in terms of uh, when we submitted the presentation, uh, we omitted to also provide the departmental case update in terms of how far are we so you would recall that uh, we did say that um, we have instituted uh, disciplinary uh, steps against the members that were on duty on the day starting with the relief commander uh, the captain that was on duty the case uh, will be finalized on the 26th will be sitting on the 26th of September 
And then uh, when, when it comes to the two members, uh, the two sergeants, I mean a sergeant and a constable, um, those ones were finalized and, and posed. But, but however, one can just indicate that um, uh, in terms of the disciplinary uh, procedure, then the chairperson that uh, would have presided over this, the two members were not found guilty. Now, as the divisional commissioner, uh, when we have uh, also, um, uh, we can then apply, which we have done, uh, which there is a procedure that we have to follow in terms of uh, to be uh, reviewed. So it means it has to go because um, the uh, chairperson, if you, you would uh, uh, finalize, so the, it, it means it's binding. But then what would happen is that then we'll take it through to the office of the state attorney so that then it can only be reviewed by the court. Uh, so it means then we're going to review uh, this uh, not guilty in uh, finding by the um, uh, the chairperson of, and then the other um, the yeah I think uh, the uh, these are the uh, three members, um, and then the the, the fourth one uh, is still uh, to be finalised. It's only that um, we didn't get. I didn't really get the date, which I apologize uh, with the date uh, for the fourth member because uh, we are talking about... Uh, you are fading away again, Lieutenant. Um, I'm not sure what is... Um, what, what I'm saying, uh, Honorable Chair, is that the, uh, the one that uh, um, the update uh, we don't have currently uh, would be the fourth member uh, that... Um, uh, would be making a follow-up in terms of uh, how far we with the fourth member, but uh, it's something that uh, I would have uh, Zoom, uh, I would have requested uh, Western Cape uh, to provide me the details in terms of uh, what is happening with the other member uh, that was posted at Denise. Uh, uh, so I would be able to provide the update. So that is the information that um, uh, we we can provide at this stage, uh, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members. Uh, I thank you. Thank you, Timsaps um, and, uh, and the Hawks, for your presentation. I think we welcome the presentation from the table of the co-chairpersons. Um, Members, uh, we are now going to the next uh, uh, item where we are going to uh, pose questions, uh, seek clarity, uh, comment, uh, give advice if need be, your concerns and and everything that you need to be engaged with the presentations uh, as presented. And uh, we have to to have a, a single bite because we still have to take a Department of Public Works and Infrastructure. So I see three hands. Uh, members, please, uh, by uh, raise your hand icon, please uh, indicate if you want to talk. I see Honorable Bratiseth, um, uh, Honorable Team, Datem Letsani. 
uh, uh, honorable Siwisa Matapelo, honorable Hadebe, I've got four hands. Last bite, we've got only uh, four hands that are going to have only a single bite on the matter. Um, uh, Honorable uh, Bratisat. Thank you, Honorable Mashlangu. Um, my, my question is to the first presenter from the SAPS, and it's very simple. Um, the presenter said that there had been sort of an admission by the suspect, uh, Mr. Mafe. Now, the first question is, is, what does sort of an admission mean? That is, from an investigation's point of view, and I've got 25 years' experience in forensic investigations, that's an incredible statement for a police official to make, sort of an admission. I'd like to get clarity on what that actually means in, in his thinking. And then secondly, there's been a lot of conspiratorial talk around South Africa that Mr. Mafe did not operate on his own. So if he made sort of an admission, did that sort of an admission also include who his collaborators were or his co-conspirators were in the fire in Parliament? If I could just get a clear answer on that. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Honourable Team. Thank you, Chairperson. My apologies for not switching on the video. I've got a network problem. Uh, okay. Honourable member, it's understandable that uh, you will not open your when you don't you are not unable to open your videos. And I hope uh, communications uh, from Parliament will have that understanding. Hence, I also don't uh, open my video. Uh, we are struggling in terms of uh, the the network. Over to you and sorry for the interruption. Okay, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, the presenters, they covered me, Chairperson, uh, with their last presentation there where they were they were explaining what happened to to the police officers who were on duty on the night of the of the of the of the incident. But now I seek more clarity because they said that the two two of them, they were found not guilty. So I want to, 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 to understand or find out from them whether those two police, are they going to be kept so that they should, be, they should report uh, somewhere in those uh, around police stations in, in, in Cape Town? Or they are going to be allowed... Uh, to return and come come back and work at uh, at the uh, parliament again. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Mletani. Uh, Honorable Suvisa. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, Chairperson, um, one lessons to to the presentation that has been done, especially I'm going to start with the fire, the fire at the precinct in Parliament. And my first question would be: Are there any other suspects other than the suspect that they have at hand? Two, 
was there any psychological evaluation that was done on this particular person? Because you look at the whole scenario, somebody burns down something and then falls asleep within the, the place itself. You look at the news coverage, you look at the face of the person. This person is very calm. There must be, to me, when it started to come out, I was like, there's something wrong with this person. Was there any evaluation that was done? And what if there was, what were the findings? Was there any background check done on this particular person? Because when you talk about terrorism, it's, it's a very heavy word that, that you can put out there to say that the person is charged under uh, uh, under ter- terrorism. I couldn't hear what how the, 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 the presenter explained it. So was there any background check that was done on this person for, 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 for the police to come to a conclusion that they are labeling it under terrorism? There's another issue that needs to be taken into consideration. This person is relocating from another province to another one. And again, as, as Honorable Tim said, that there are news out there, there are other conspiracies. So there are journalists going out there. Have the police made up follow-up? One of the interviews that I can remember is one of the neighbors saying that they, they can believe that this person has done this thing because this person is antisocial, not very social, does not speak to, to people. I'm stay, staying in Akashia Park. Does it mean that not speaking to my, to my neighbors, th- there's something suspicious about me? It only means that people want to keep to themselves. And then officers on duty, I think I've been answered on that one. But now my, my problem is if the police, because I'm listening to the report, even though the presenter was fading away in between, two members were not found guilty. And I wish to see that if it's possible to see that disciplinary report and what were their merits, what were the reasons for them not to be found guilty because if they were on their post to doing what was supposed to have, they have done, then the parliament wouldn't have been burned at the extent that it was at. So we blame, we, we want to, we've got the suspect that managed to get into the precinct and the people that allowed for the suspect to get into the precinct through disciplinary procedures, are not found guilty because that's where the problem starts. Negligence at the entrance. That's where the problem starts. If there was no negligence at the entrance, we wouldn't be sitting with this case that we are sitting with today. The presenter spoke about the rotation of personnel and then says that it's very expensive, there's overtime that needs to be done, and that the personnel needs to have four days resting time, so they've brought in volunteers. So bringing in volunteers, what are the financial implications facing subs at this moment to bring in volunteers, other than to be able to bring in other police officers to bring in? Because I don't think even a person that's going to volunteer unless they've signed a contract that says we are volunteering. And again, 
Is there any background check that was done on those people that are volunteering, that we are putting our lives in their hands when we are in the police, when we are in the uh, um, in the precinct itself? So I'm I'm a bit it's 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 it's, it's I'm I'm trying to make sense of the whole thing that uh, is the sus are, are we having an one suspect based on the suspect was found on the precinct or based on a complete investigation that was done to say that there was no other suspect but the suspect is a suspect because they were found on the precinct. Or are there any other suspects that they are looking into? Has there any background check that has been done on any of the employees that work for parliament? I know I'm going to be a bit vague, but if we want to get to the bottom of this, everybody and anybody needs to be to, to be investigated. Not only one person that was found asleep on the premises of the precinct. Thank you, Chair. Thank you uh, very much, uh, Honorable uh, Suisa. Uh, Honorable Hadebe, there's there's a hand that came after I said I have closed. I have closed for the hands, and it's the it's named iPad. I don't know how Cindy uh, you came to accept this unnamed uh, person. Um, if you can assist on that. Yes, Chair. Um, that is one of that is one of the police um, committee members, Chair. Yeah, but then they must, they must. They must. Sorry, Chair. It's honourable. Honourable Shembeni, the problem it's the load shedding. Sometimes I can hear you. Sometimes I can't hear you. So when I was trying to raise and I couldn't. I'm sorry for that. Okay. Can you, is it possible that you can rename while I give Honorable Hadebe to speak? Uh, T- Cindy, you can help in renaming, please. Well, well do, Chair. Or maybe you must just come in before Hadebe. Yeah, it's fine, Chair. Yeah. Uh, okay. Thank, thank you, Chair. Uh, Thank you very much, uh, and I'm sorry for the inconvenience. Uh, I've heard what my the, the honourable speakers have uh, said. Uh, I just want to support the statement of uh, honourable Suisa. But now I'm coming to the police, uh, the duties of the police. Uh, simple. When now uh, we talk about volunteers in such a crucial uh, infrastructure, really it does not make sense. We can't have volunteers to come in in such a, a present. It's totally unacceptable. We can't have that. Uh, volunteers are not going to work in parliament where we'll be having such a important people going in and out there. Uh, coming to the issue of uh, the radios, the uh, restructuring or the changing of the chiefs, the members in and out. That is a norm that was supposed to be done. You can't have one and the same people working in those shifts. It's totally impossible. Totally impossible. It's 
the matter of uh, changing uh, the people in the shift that is supposed to be done in a three months or six months period. That is how it must be done. And that does not involve money. The changing of shifts. It does not involve money because you have got people that are working uh, in offices, different people, CSC and all this stuff. Then to change those people to work for three months and then for the, uh, the following three months to change this one to go and work in this other one. Like the, we've got different principles, like we've got Acacia, we've got uh, all these people, uh, Pelican and, and, and the like. All these people are working under protection uh, services. So, yeah, I, I don't see it difficult for SAPS to do it, unless if we've got management problem. Now, the charging of the suspect with the POC Datara uh, Act, I, I don't find it uh, proper. Because that act that speaks to terrorism, and then, as uh, Honorable Suiza uh, alluded, was this person checked mentally? And what were the results? And then when you talk about terrorism, that's very, very wide. Uh, because now it must go as far as where is this person coming from? Who sent him? Because terrorist act, it cannot just be from an individual by himself that he decided to do what he has done. No. And then now to the police officers, charging the police officers, oh, how how did that person gain entrance to that precinct? That is the first question. How? Where were the police officers? Uh, yeah, I think those questions must be uh, the ones that we must be answered by the management or the so-called no, those police were in charge of the shifts or whatsoever. I thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much, uh, <laughs> Honorable Shembeni. Uh, Honorable Khadebe. No, thank you, Chairperson, uh, uh, and good afternoon, all the members and uh, and the administration of Parliament from the other departments of public works uh, and and the police. Chairperson, first of all, a person would like to welcome the two reports which you presented to us this afternoon. It shows in particular the issue that the fact that the Hawks have concluded the investigation, that the state is ready to prosecute the individual. It means that their work has been done and they are confident. I think also that the NPA will not have rolled this, this case in court unless they were sure that there was a, a high probable success of, 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 of the conviction of the said person. So I think that what we must do, we have to appreciate the work done in doing this thing. But what you are also like to caution on the side of us as the Justin Committee, because this case is now ready for prosecution, I'll appeal that this issue of the hoax is for the last time that they come to the, to the Justin Committee. So that because now as parliamentarians, we are sure that the police have done their work. The case is in court, which has been enrolled. It's just awaiting the date for that. Let's wait for the outcome of the court so that we don't interfere with the investigation of what is happening there. 
Number two, Chairperson, I think on the issue of uh, the second presentation, also really appreciate the integrated approach of, of providing security to Parliament. That is the city of Cape Town was consulted and then is part of, of, of the uh, greater scheme of things in, in monitoring the issue of Parliament. But what I'd like to ask is that, is there any written agreement between the police and the city of Cape Town? So that should there be any lapses, we must know that who must pick up the can should anything go wrong. And then number two, Chair, on the issue of the second report, really appreciate this issue of, of security awareness on the part of parliament and, and the police who are working the principle. But I think that it must not only go to the side must not only go to the side of the people who are providing protection, but all the people who are involved with parliament regularly, they must be appraised that, hey, you must always, for example, you are just an ordinary member of parliament. There are much certain things that you might pick up, né? which I think that you must be able to know that where to, who to conduct, what happens, and then you are also made aware that this thing is happening now. I think that is a good way moving forward. And the issue of integration, of the systems of, of monitoring, because we could see that from the first report on the, around the issue, that the, the parliament protection services and the side of police, there were lapses there. It's very good now that we're going to have a single command center that is going to deal with these issues, in particular on the side of the police. So I think it's, it's very important. I remember one uh, private company which was monitoring the presidency throughout the whole country. That, that company was able to enter to in any prison, any prison, they monitor what is happening in a prison. Let's say it can be Cosmo, it can be a prison in Bloemfontein. Yeah. They were there in the head office, they'd be able to see that at real time, what is happening there. So I think that the police have done a good job in bringing this thing up there. But as I said, that the issue of, of education is very important. Thank you, Sheikh. Thank you, uh, honorable members, um, for the questions uh, that came before us. And I'm going to allow the, the team from the, 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 the presenters, uh, those who are accompanying the presenters, if they allow them to, to respond. But, uh, from the side of the chairperson, uh, I don't know, co-chairperson, if you want to say something on the matter. Okay. Uh, I think I have been uh, covered mostly by the issues raised by the members. But I just want to caution uh, subs in as far as the the issue of disciplinary uh, processes, the internal disciplinary processes is concerned uh, that the two police were not uh, found guilty. And uh, what comes to my mind, the first thing is uh, who appointed the presiding officer and, uh, and, 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 and all that. So those are the internal processes. And I think the processes has been initiated by SAPS and if SAPs uh, at the management level or whatever level uh, are not happy with the outcome, um, uh, it means 
you are saying you had no confidence uh, in in the presiding officer. I'm just saying uh, if you if if you are allowed to review the the verdict, uh, just be careful that uh, you are doing it within the prescripts that are there in the in the in the in the in the, in the uh, work uh, environment so that we don't uh, find ourselves uh, 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 infringing other people's uh, 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 rights as as workers or uh, having fights with the with uh, the, the 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 union uh, uh, in the in the in the works in the work environment in the workplace so that's that's the the, the advice that I will I will give that uh, please just make sure that you you do your homework and bring in the your 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 counselors as 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 the the lawyers to 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 scrutinize and advise legally so that you don't find ourselves being delayed uh, at a court level you have been taken to court and the process is delayed uh, having said that I'll hand over uh, to the two lieutenant and their teams uh, to respond. Um, and uh, I've been, t- I'm told that uh, the minister and deputy minister of public works and infrastructure are on the platform. Uh, you are welcome, uh, honorable uh, ministers. Um, we are chasing time, um, but you, we recognize your presence in the meeting. Over to you, Lieutenant. I don't know if it's you who are going to respond or Major General. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson and Honorable Members. I will deal with the questions that have been directed at the DPCR. Uh, As a point of departure, I need to uh, hint the comments made by... uh, the Honorable uh, Mr. Masondo at the beginning, as well as the comments that have been made by the Honorable uh, Mr. Hadev, which uh, point out precisely that uh, the information that uh, we are providing, we do so with the understanding that this matter that uh, we are dealing with is currently sitting at court. At times you will hear people talking about the subjudicare rule commenting on matters that are still saving before the court of law. So we do this so that uh, we respect that boundary. We do not divulge much. Uh, This then lead me to the first question that has been raised by the Honorable Mr. Bratest. I have difficulty in reading that. But uh, the issue of uh, what I have labeled the so-called Admission. Uh, I'm saying this in inverted commas, which is why I say that uh, it looks like a confession and uh, admission. I'm saying this because while we may have labeled the statement's confession, it will be contested, which is why I'm putting it uh, in that fashion. But uh, at least uh, it should be understood that there is a statement that uh, shall have been made by the accused person 
which uh, is bordering between what might be looked at as a confession or an admission. But obviously the accused person, when the time comes to defend himself at court, we may come get to know what is this uh, statement that has been uh, presented. That is the first uh, question. Uh, the first, the next question that follows that was uh, whether the, the person that uh, we have charged, the accused person, was operating on his own. That is part of the investigation that I have indicated previously uh, when I came to Parliament that uh, we are looking at that possibility. So the honourable members should rest assured that uh, no stone was left unturned in coming to the conclusion that uh, we are now ready to go to court. So whatever evidence uh, might come at a later stage, including during the hearing will be pursued. So at this stage, uh, all what we could link to this particular case is the accused that uh, is now standing at court. To the next question of uh, uh, Madam Siwisa, uh, I think that uh, the, the first one I have already touched as to other suspects that might have been involved is, is the same as the first one, which uh, a question as to whether the accused person was operating on his own. Indeed, I have already uh, highlighted uh, that usually uh, there were various statements that have been made in the public uh, space, comments by individual, some of whom could not provide affidavits. Uh, the issue of psychological evaluation, the background of the individual, that is what we do when we conduct the, the investigation. That is why we know where the individual is coming from. That is why you shall have read on the media the commentary as to what happened when we have visited uh, the residential address of the accused person meeting with the family and the like. So all those that we do, it shall be re re recalled that this matter was all also uh, dealt with at the court regarding the issue of uh, mental stability and the like. So those issues of evaluation were taken care of, and uh, it is not the end. And I think that it might still be done, but uh, at this stage, uh, we, we can't uh, say anything. And then uh, should the court be of the opinion that there are questions around that aspect, they may direct that uh, something be done about it. But uh, this honorable house should rest assured that uh, the investigators work closely with the prosecutors. So whatever is being done is what needs to be done in line with the law. The next question that uh, comes from the uh, honorable Mr. Shembeni uh, regarding the uh, uh, nature of the charges the, that uh, are in line with the Pogda Tara, I must say I must say that uh, we sh it should be appreciated that uh, this matter has been handled by jurists both at provincial and national level, and the law is careful 
in crafting charge sheet relating to the charge that I have just referred to, it does not allow the director of public prosecution on the provincial level, which are advocates experienced, to make a decision on this. Those advocates on the provincial level will study the matter and make a recommendation to the national of public prosecution to look at the available evidence and make a decision, a determination as to whether the evidence on a hand suggests that the accused person have indeed committed uh, the provisions of the Pogda Tara. That is why a decision, the prosecution uh, is only based on the certificate that has been uh, issued by the National Director of Pro, uh, Public Prosecution. I think those uh, caters for the questions that have been directed at the DPCI. I thank you, Honorable Chairperson and Honorable Members. Uh, thank you, uh, Lieutenant. Um, can I now request uh, Lieutenant Shitlabanya from SAPS to respond? If you don't have anyone that you want to make additions or respond to uh, outstanding questions. Thank you, Honorable Chair. And thank you also to the Honorable Members that would ask the questions. The the first one that I think I'll deal with, uh, I'm not sure whether I'm audible, uh, Honorable Chair. You are audible, uh, Lieutenant. Um, it's from Honorable Mletsane. Um, in terms of uh, where are these uh, members uh, who are not found guilty uh, currently? Um, what, what we have done, um, the, the members that uh, we charged um, would have placed them temporarily at uh, different stations. Um, I think I have the provincial head, we did issue that instruction and we had also a discussion with the provincial commissioner, which in any way, I think uh, the agreement eventually, uh, but we have to conclude in terms of the the departmental steps, uh, but uh, it means uh, we'll be phasing them. Uh, They will be moving out of the environment of protection as we speak, but currently they are not. It's safe to say that um, they are not within the, you know, parliament or any within the protection, whether it's your parliamentary, uh, you know, villages uh, that we also protect or any other, um, you know, strategic installation or national key point uh, that we protect. Uh, the second one also, it's linked to uh, to honourable um as we saw, I think um, in terms of the, um, again, the same members uh, who are not found guilty, what is the process? And I think there is also uh, some slight confusion in terms of uh, the volunteers. Uh, maybe one would have used maybe quite a, a you know, frightening with um, saying volunteers. Now, when we say volunteers, these are members that are working within the environment. Um, basically, we take from the very same shifts. Uh, so instead of them resting four days, because in terms of 
the Labor Act, then you will realize that if you are a shift worker, uh, you work 12 hours. So it means you work uh, two day shift and two night shift. Then you must rest four days. Then, then because we have a shortage of personnel, so it means we then put and say that we want members that uh, would be able. So we're not just uh, randomly saying, uh, you know, from uh, maybe, you know, the whole uh, subs from the stations. No, these are members that are working actually in parliament that are familiar. Uh, it gives them also an opportunity. That's why I was saying that it's quite an expensive exercise because uh, uh, by law, it means uh, those two days that they will come, depending a member. So it means we pay them over time. So that's why I was referring that um, uh, it is quite uh, uh, quite an expensive uh, you know, exercise because then we have to pay uh, over time. But we're managing, uh, even if there are budgetary constraints, uh, which then it will follow in terms of the background check, then we would have not done any background because remember, each and every member that is within, then they would have done, you know, uh, they would have security clearance, you know. Um, so each and every member that we have within the uh, division and subs, uh, it is, uh, you know, monetary that uh, you should have a security clearance. Without a security clearance, uh, then it means it would look at, uh, it would not mean that would not deploy you, but uh, we look at the sensitivity of the area that will deploy. And then the following one, it would come from Honorable Shembeni. Uh, I think also it talks to um, the same, um, you know, members uh, that um, were, were, found not guilty as to where were they. And I think also the issue of, you know, volunteers, I think it would have clarified because I, I heard uh, the Honorable Shambin when he was saying that, um, uh, you know, it would be unacceptable to have volunteers. So I think it's quite clear that we are not talking about just randomly outside you just volunteer, you come. No, these are members that uh, are trained, that are working within the environment. They understand parliament. So we are using them, you know, to be able to work. So in terms of uh, the, I think, uh, uh, General Bia would have answered, I think the, uh, which is the follow-up in terms of where were they when uh, Mr. Murphy um, was arrested. Indeed, they were on duty. Uh, there were members that were in duty. That's why we're able then, out of all the members that were deployed, which we have the duty, you know, roster and the duty list uh, for the day in question. Uh, and then that's why we're able, through the process of investigation internally, that would have done, hence would have picked up uh, those uh, four members, including the uh, you know, the relief commander, which is a captain, hence we're charging them. So I think that is the process that would have, so it means they were on duty uh, for, for the mere fact that we're charging them because then it tells you that's why then it follows. I think when you listened also to, the, uh, you know, Honorable, um, uh, I think it was also the chair 
Honorable Chair, when she was saying that uh, we need also to be careful, which indeed, uh, Honorable Chair, we appreciate. And I think this is what exactly we're doing, because hence one would have explained that um, there is a quite a, um, a elaborate process that we have to follow. It would not be a situation that the divisional commissioner or the provincial commissioner or the national commissioner would not be happy with any sanction. The chairperson that would have been appointed, it would have been appointed by the same, I mean, whether it's the, uh, the which is the divisional commissioner would have agreed. Uh, we put them, all the officers then were able to say, so and so you will be presiding over this case. Now, how they then take a decision, then you have a process that you can follow. Hence, I would say that um, what then happens, then would have written a letter to our legal service, which then they would write uh, in terms of uh, to review, because we are allowed to say we are not happy with the, you know, the sanction that was given. Looking at the, uh, you know, the, um, you know, the uh, magnitude of the damage and the security breach that we are talking about, uh, surely, uh, you know, the minister, the honourable minister, would agree, and the deputy of public works and infrastructure. If you look at, and even parliament, uh, you would see even the honorable members. It's quite an extensive, hence uh, we're saying that, uh, you know, we want to review. So it will go through then the office of the state attorney. Then it means it, it, it can be, it will be the court of law that has to then place it on roll and say and argue that when we look at this thing, um, uh, which we believe with what we have in terms of the uh, departmental evidence that we have in terms of things that they wouldn't have done the members. So, but we don't want to really, uh, you know, go into details in terms of those. Um, uh, but we are quite, um, you know, uh, sort of sensitive because the in terms of dis- disciplinary code, we need to be uh, fair in the process. Uh, it would not be based on only just, you know, the feeling, but it's based on really analyzing and reading the whole investigation and also the, uh, you know, the the outcome in terms of the sanction. Then you would realize that, um, uh, you know, the chairperson would have not applied uh, uh, his mind accordingly here. Hence, we feel that we can then, uh, you know, uh, do that uh, review. Uh, I think that is our belief, and I think it, it then answers also the one of Honourable, uh, you know, Shambeni, uh, when it talks to um, in terms of uh, uh, where were these members, um, you know, when uh, Mr. Mafe entered, um, as we said that you know, they were on duty. It was not only the four; there were a couple of members, but we're looking at, uh, you know, the different people that were supposed to do certain things. Hence, we're able to say, because I think if we work hand in hand, remember, also with the criminal with the criminal part, where we're able to look at it from the, you know, the uh, criminal um, factual report and be able to pinpoint and be able to do then the, uh, the, the departmental, which is our own investigation, where would they find that indeed there is a question that they need to answer, hence would have taken them through the process. I thank you, Chair. I think that should be the questions that all 
I think there's a one that uh, Honorable Khatebe, uh, where he asked in terms of any return agreement with the city of Cape Town. When we don't have uh, necessarily a, a written agreement in terms of things, except to say, um, um, for an example, the only thing that we would have really requested um, any change in terms of things that would have put as a you know, deterrent in terms of not having a similar incident because that is our objective as, you know, as police to make sure that the parliament is protected uh, by, at all times. Now, uh, the removal of the, um, the barbed wire then would have requested that it should be in writing. So would have not entered, but those are the things that we'll be looking into when we then agree on certain things so that then they are formalized. But at this present moment, that will be just, um, you know, discussion, which then would have minutes uh, uh, that would then allude or, uh, you know, attest to what uh, would have agreed with the city of Cape Town. I'm not sure whether there is a General Motlana and then there's also a Brigadier Peterson, uh, the provincial head. I'm not sure, uh, Honorable Chair, whether you would allow if they would want to add if there is something that I would love. I think I'll allow that, uh, uh, Lieutenant, and uh, I, I see you were struggling, but it's something beyond your control. Uh, or hence, we were struggling to hear some of the words, uh, but we 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 got the, the 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 grasp of the response. Um, can you check if the your your team members wants to to add? Motana okay, thank Kata? you, thank you, Honourable Chair. I guess when it's a network problem here, I also yeah. Chair, we apologize. I'm not sure, General Motlana, you want to add in Brigadier Peterson? Thank you, General. Um, from, from, from my side, uh, good afternoon. Um, with regard to, it was one only one key critical area uh, which we are taking it as an advice and we highly appreciate it's with regard that there is an agreement between ourselves with also Cape City of Cape Town pertaining to the implementation of extending our request as far as the integration of our monitoring room. It is a good advice, actually. We highly appreciate as as a continuation thereof. And while we are still doing the implementation part of it, we will also, as General Stavan alluded, continue with the engagement uh, to an extent that we will then have to come up with a memorandum of understanding, as you have alluded, that so that at the later stage it should not caught us wanting that there was no agreement being tabled and being signed off with regards to this particular implementation. That is the only area that I would like to make a comment on, which I indicate that we highly appreciate. It's a good initiative. Thank you. Over to you, General. Thank you. Thank you. Peterson? Thank you, Honorable Chair. Um, I'm not sure, Brigadier Peterson, um, whether she would want to add to the provincial aid Western Cape. Brigadier Peterson, is he on the platform? 
Rizzi may be also struggling with the network. Yeah, she's connected. She's on the far right. I think this is an indication that uh, she's covered. Uh, maybe we should uh, move on. Honorable Chair, uh, I'm not sure if I can come in, Lieutenant General Abia. Maybe we might not get another opportunity. Yes, you can. Yeah. Uh, Honorable Chairperson, is just uh, the assistant that I need to be offering to the members of the committee mm-hmm. uh, because uh, the issue of the ranks will not be necessarily known by the <laughs> members of the committee. But uh, maybe uh, just to advise that uh, in terms of the regulations of the South African Police Service, uh, there there was in the past a rank called lieutenant, and Mm. such rank has uh, in the process been uh, amended. It's no longer available. What is available is uh, lieutenant general, uh, in addressing a lieutenant general, we say general, uh, not a lieutenant. And uh, mm-hmm. that, that is why you will hear the police saying general and the honorable members might say lieutenant. So the, the, uh, in short, there is no lieutenant these days. It's only lieutenant general, which we address general. Thank you very much, uh, Honourable Chairperson and Honourable Members. Thank you for for that uh, free education. I think uh, uh, members of the Portfolio Committee from police are with us here. Uh, They know better. Uh, That is not the the area of our speciality, but uh, thanks for for, for that advice and the clarity. And I think you have helped uh, the nation as a whole, not only us. And uh, before uh, we stop off this uh, item, I will check with the Executive Authority of Parliament, Ntate uh, Masondo, if you want to have a bite, uh, the parting words with the, the team, because we will let them mm. go after this. And no, thank you very much, uh, the Chair. I would, I would not really add any, anything. Uh, uh, no parting words except to, to thank everyone for uh, today's uh, uh, sitting. Um, uh, yeah. It's highly appreciated from our side. Thank you very much. Keep up the good work. Uh, uh, the team members uh, make us proud as a country. Uh, we are looking at you and uh, the nation has an interest on the matter and we are relying on you. Uh, thanks uh, very much. You can be excused. Uh, we are now going to the next item and uh, I will hand over to the Honorable Minister of uh, Department of uh, Public Works and Infrastructure, uh, Medellin, to uh, kickstart the presentation, maybe welcoming and opening remarks. Thank you. Over to you, Minister. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Chairpersons. 
can I have permission to keep my video of my network is also not very stable. Okay, it's uh, fine. It's fine. Thank it's fine. you. I am joined today, Honorable Chairpersons, by Deputy Minister Kivit, uh, Dr. Alec Moemi, the Acting Director General for Public Works and Infrastructure. We also have Mr. Vasana Slabungwane, who is the Chief Director in DPWI, and then two officials from uh, Kuha Development Corporation, uh, Mr. Kwezi Taya, who is the Chief Executive Officer, and Mr. Christo Birkes, who is the Kuha Program Director. Uh, just a little bit of background, uh, Chairperson. The, um, the report was completed at the end of May, and it was handed over to the Executive Authority of Parliament, and also the National Prosecuting Authority. Uh, then we had a meeting with the Executive Authority on the 5th of September, and on the 21st of September, I also briefed a cabinet. Now, we have presented phase one to the, of the report. Today, we'll be, we will be presenting phase two of the report, that will cover the extent of the damage, um, restoration options, uh, estimated cost, uh, and we've also done some cost comparisons and also anticipated timelines for the restoration work for the old and new assemblies buildings of the Parliament of, of South Africa. Uh, Chairperson, we have quite a long presentation, but I will ask uh, um, my colleagues uh, to do the highlights so that we can save time uh, because of, of the network problems that we are experiencing. So through you, Chairperson, I will hand over uh, to Kuha Development Corporation to do the presentation. I thank you. Good afternoon, Honourable Chairperson, um, Chairperson of the NCOP, uh, Minister, Deputy Minister and Acting DG, as well as Honourable Members of this committee. Um, I'm going to be uh, swift in, in this uh, presentation, as the Minister alluded to. Um, if I can proceed to our uh, presentation outline. Um, I think the introduction and background I'll skip, but I'll, I will do um, basically just emphasize some points pertaining to uh, the background. Uh, the terms of reference, I think it's important just to go through that. So there's a clear understanding of our brief, the, the, just basically uh, giving a indication of the project team. Then I think of importance here is the extent of damage on the old assembly, the link building and the new assembly, and then restoration measures that we have uh, put forward. Uh, the envisaged construction timelines for the uh, restoration works, as well as then the high-level cost estimates, um, and then a conclusion. If I proceed, um, apologies, Chair, this thing is a bit slow. Um, I'm not going to go through the introduction as to the fact that, um, you know, the Department of uh, Public Works and Infrastructure appointed the Kuga Development Corporation for this um, to assessments report. I think the minister covered that in the previous uh, presentation that was given to this committee on the 1st of April. Um, and 
With regard to this uh, phase one structural report, I think what's of importance here is that the final report was submitted on the 14th of April. Uh, I think this committee will recall that we could not enter the lower basements of the new assembly at a time due to the flooding. And uh, subsequent to the extraction of the water, uh, we managed to actually um, c- c- conduct our uh, final assessment. Uh, we did not find any material changes to the draft report that was submitted on the 23rd of February. Um, and basically, uh, the report was amended to include the link building. That was the third building that we found when we started with the investigations of the detailed uh, assessment uh, for the extent of uh, damage that uh, um, was caused by the fire. Um, then the phase two detailed assessment, uh, basically on the 11th of April, we had a briefing by the Department of Public Works, uh, joined by Parliament and SAPS. Um, just to officially uh, hand over the buildings to the CDC team. Um, we made preliminary findings to DPWI on the 12th of May. And as the minister stated, on the 20th of May, we provided uh, the minister with uh, the draft report. And then the week after, on the 25th of May, uh, the final report was submitted, uh, submitted to the minister's officers. Uh, Six hard copies handed to, to the minister. Um, the CDC team, uh, as depicted here, uh, of importance here is the fact that uh, Kuha uh, contracted a number of uh, experienced um, built environment professionals, um, as indicated here, uh, a building architect, a heritage architect, all engineering disciplines uh, and a professional quantity surveyors. All these individuals from these companies are uh, professionally registered with the statutory professional councils. Um, which and they themselves conducted the investigations and also signed off on the final uh, detail assessment report. Um, just with regard to the terms of reference as to the brief, um, of importance here is the fact that we had to carry out the detail assessment uh, to determine the ex- ex- exact extent of damage uh, and also, um, again, look at the structural issues uh, pertaining to these buildings. Uh, also make a pronouncement on the residual strength of the structures, uh, which also had to include test and analysis, should that be required at a time, uh, provide restorative uh, measures um, with past comparisons, Uh, also provide the uh, high-level estimates for for the uh, restoration or rehabilitation, as well as then providing timelines and then uh, also um, recommend long-term restorative measures. Um, If I can start off with the old assembly, um, um, we have used graphical uh, floor plans with color coding to basically depict the extent of damage. Um, If I can start off with the ground floor, the light green is basically areas uh, affected by mainly water, minimal water damage, um, which will require some cleaning and painting works in order to restore them. The area um, uh, shown there of a darker green color with a 40%, um, that is basically the chamber. Um, We did find 
also uh, water damage that caused uh, the ceiling to partially collapse in that particular area. Um, that uh, water also damaged the ele- electrical services as well as electronic services inside that uh, particular area. The, the other areas uh, indicated in orange is basically just uh, the facades of the courtyard, which did show some um, structural integrity issues, but uh, of a minor uh, nature. Uh, first floor, very much the same. Uh, the uh, blazing of the fire uh, with water um, resulted in water damage and uh, basically th- those areas, the majority of the areas on the first floor uh, will have to be cleaned up and uh, some painting works will have to be um, provided. Again, the um, darker green area is the chamber, which actually is a double void to, to through that uh, particular floor. Uh, that has got quite um, uh, some damage uh, and you will see some pictures which clearly shows that there is now also uh, white mold um, growing in that particular area, which is obviously of a concern. Um, then if I proceed, um, this is just typically the, the smoke and water damage that you will find in the old assembly uh, in the areas not directly affected by the fire. Uh, so this will need some cleanup and uh, paintwork. The next picture, uh, apologies, Chair, it's a bit slow. I don't know why. Um, this is typically the chamber. You will see already the, the growth of white mold. Um, you can see basically the ceiling above that actually uh, collapsed onto the uh, benches and, and, and desks. Um, and the water also uh, basically damaged the uh, audio and video equipment um, located in this particular chamber. The um, uh, next photograph shows the extent of damage to the ceiling above the chamber. Um, it's clear there that the uh, 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 ceiling panel shows the water, the water damage um, and, and stains um, on, on that particular ceiling um, area. Uh, this is typically the white mold that, that's now um, of concern there because this poses some uh, serious um, health risk. Um, so when this work uh, will be carried out, uh, special precautions will have to be taken. Um, then if I move up to the second floor, now here very much the same. The light green represents minimal water damage, but it will require cleaning and painting. Um, the 40% area or darker green area is adjacent to the uh, wing that uh, got entirely um, destroyed by fire, um, and that is also um, basically water damage, but um, the water damage also caused some serious damage to the electronics and um, electrical distribution in, in that wing. Obviously, the red area is, is completely destroyed, uh, so uh, virtually your roof, your walls, your doors, windows, all electricity electrical services, electronics, your heating, ventilation, air conditioning, floors, plumbing services, everything inside that particular area has been um, completely um, uh, destroyed. Uh, The next area is the third floor, also just limited to water damage, um, and it will require some cleaning and painting. No no major damage in that particular area. Uh, Typically here, apologies, I see this photo has moved off, but I think what's what's clear here is that the facade on this wing where the fire occurred is still very much intact. Um, There are some structural track repairs uh, that will have to be uh, undertaken, but nothing uh, of of major concern. Uh, The work is actually limited to the internal envelope of this particular wing. Uh, 
Um, this is a picture showing the devastation within that particular wing. Um, obviously, internally, everything will have to be reconstructed. And then uh, typically, uh, due to the heat intensity, the crack, cracking of masonry walls or, or on the interior, um, but this is all repairable. Um, and you can see the, the stripping of the plaster due to the uh, intensity of the heat as well. If I move up to the fourth floor, also limited uh, water damage, uh, which will require cleaning and painting. And then the area in dark green is the um, uh, meeting room. And this is basically some damage that uh, we found from the March 2021 fire that will have to be repaired on the ceiling and on the roof level. Um, then, uh, Honorable Chairperson, if I move on. Um, typically, um, an image showing uh, uh, water damage again with some smoke st uh, stains, uh, damage to the fire protection and a notification um, uh, system into the chamber. Um, so this is typically how uh, the water damage will look throughout the, the entire building. Uh, hence, it will require some cleaning and painting. Again, here uh, you can see the water uh, marks on the smoke-covered uh, uh, walls. Um, obviously, any light fittings or electronic uh, the, um, services um, will, uh, will be affected by, by the water. Um, if I go through the electrical, um, in terms of the electrical uh, detailed uh, uh, assessment, uh, we did find that the medium voltage switchgear transformers, um, the, uh, these were uh, located in 120 Plain Street, so they were unaffected uh, by any um, uh, water damage. The main distribution board will, however, have to be tested for water damage. Um, because that board was actually located in the new assembly. And as we know, the new assembly basement was, was uh, flooded at a time. Uh, the generator for this building is unaffected due to the fact that it's external to the building. Uh, light and small power, all um, distribution boards and sub-distribution uh, boards on the second floor, uh, these were completely destroyed by the fire, so they will have to replace. Um, and then all other uh, light fittings and plug circuits on the first floor and ground floors uh, in particular in the chamber, those were damaged by the water ingress, uh, as well as the um, TVs on the ground floor and first floor, um, where we found minor water damage. The uh, uninterrupted power supply, um, it, uh, those uh, suffered no fire damage. So they, the, that equipment is still very much um, in a good condition. Electronics, um, all electronics, obviously on the second floor uh, wing, um, that uh, has to be uh, replaced in full. And then specific areas on the ground floor and fourth, first floor, where obviously the water damage um, occurred, especially in the chamber, um, those will um, have to be replaced. Uh, in terms of the heating, ventilation, air, con uh, uh, air conditioning, uh, building management ser services, um, the network cable to the main control was damaged by fire, so that will have to be uh, repaired. And then the plumbing and drainage, uh, that's only restricted to to the second floor where the fire occurred. Um, apart from that, there's um, minor uh, damage in the other areas of the building. Um, and uh, you can see there the lifts and hoists. Uh, there's one lift in that particular fire area which has been uh, severely damaged by fire, so that will have to be uh, replaced. Um, fire sprinkler systems, um, the building um, has 
partially uh, fireproof sprinkler systems, um, but it's of all generation. Um, the fire hose reels, uh, those were uh, generally provided in all the areas. Um, obviously, any fire protection equipment uh, within the, the uh, second floor fire area, um, those will have to be uh, replaced. Um, the uh, Honourable Chairperson, this is the link building. Um, this was a third building that we found linking the old assembly to the new assembly, as indicated uh, on the left uh, on the aerial uh, image. Um, now, this uh, building is completely destroyed by fire. You can see on the right the um, devastation there as well. Um, there's virtually nothing left in terms of all the building finishes. Um, the only uh, the structural elements that's intact is the concrete portal columns and beams. Uh, so this uh, entire building will require a complete um, uh, reconstruction. Um, if I move over to the new assembly building, um, uh, of importance here is the red area. Those areas are completely um, uh, uh, destroyed. Uh, you won't find anything uh, still um, uh, you know, uh, evident in that particular area. Uh, the adjacent areas, uh, the dark green, is obviously uh, areas affected by um, water um, in, in the firefighting blazing the fire, uh, and that uh, damage is restricted to uh, walls, ceilings, and all services, including ele electrical services and electronics. And then towards the back, the yellow area, also smoke and water damage, with partial damage to the walls, the floors, uh, services and equipment in that particular area. Mezzanine, very much the same, uh, an entire area which is completely destroyed, and then the adjacent area, only water and smoke damage, um, with obviously uh, severe damage to electronics and electrical services. Um, this is typically um, the inside of the chamber. This is if you start um, to look towards the Tainais, towards the mountainside, uh, standing close to the podium. This is actually the picture uh, of the devastation inside the, uh, the chamber. Um, on the right, I think previously we, we did indicate the severity of damage caused by the heat intensity with regard to concrete structures. There it's quite evident that the concrete uh, spalled away from the reinforcing bars, um, basically separating the uh, concrete uh, rips from the slabs above. Um, so quite severe structural damage um, at the bottom of the second floor um, of this chamber. Um, the next photo is if you look towards the, the podium, um, you can uh, just uh, imagine the uh, devastation um, inside this particular uh, area. The next slide is again um, looking towards Tainais, um, and you can see there a large chunk of concrete spall, um, spallings that uh, obviously uh, from the heat uh, drop down to the floor of this chamber and then virtually nothing nothing left. Um, if I move on to the first floor, again, um, the chamber is double void, so it stretches through this particular floor, hence it's 100%, but you can see on this floor there's uh, smoke and water damage to the offices on the front of the um, new assembly, and that damage is also um, uh, you know, uh, resulted in electronic and elect uh, electrical services being completely damaged towards the back, 
also uh, smoke and water damage with um, walls and, and, and ceilings and equipment and services affected, uh, which will need full restoration. Um, the second floor, that is the chamber on the second floor, uh, that chamber is also completely destroyed. Um, adjacent to that is the kitchen areas and offices. Uh, again, there um, no major structural damage, but um, water and smoke damage resulted in damage to walls, floors, um, services and equipment. Um, and then at the back of the chamber, you can see the area um, color-coded in pink, um, we found some structural integrity uh, that uh, was compromised in that particular area, uh, which, which will require also um, uh, reconstruction, uh, but all finishes, service and equipment uh, destroyed in that particular area. Um, if I can show you some photos, um, this is typically um, a, a photo taken at the entrance uh, into the chamber. You can see also the devastation um, within this chamber. Um, of importance here is uh, if you look at the um, uh, concrete um, spallings uh, that, that fell on the floor, uh, again, um, that's indication that the, the rebar uh, of the slab above is completely exposed, um, which obviously resulted in some deflections of that floor. Um, uh, here, I think, Honorable Chair, you can see the extent uh, rebar, uh, reinforcing bars clearly uh, visible um, after the um, spalling that occurred due to the heat intensity. Um, again, here, quite a nice picture showing um, the concrete um, uh, sitting at the floor. Um, and if I move on to the third floor, um, again, here, a area indicated in yellow 50% damage in terms of uh, minor smoke and water. Uh, but uh, partial damage to walls, floors, services, and equipment, which will require full restoration. Um, on the fourth floor, again, an area uh, indicated in red, meaning um, completely destroyed, um, and it will require, you know, the walls, doors, windows, electrical and electronics, as well as other services and equipment to be uh, reconstructed. Uh, adjacent to, the, to that area, on either side of the building, an area indicated in pink, also uh, presenting uh, structural integrity um, failures um, with all finishes, service equipment um, that will require uh, reconstruction. And uh, also towards the back of this particular floor. Um, typically, this is the condition of the uh, offices on on these floors, you can see there the um, damage to the ceilings and all services within the ceiling voids, like your ventilation and air conditioning uh, ducts. Uh, at the back, you can clearly see a, a, a structural or horizontal crack, um, and then obviously the um, debris that um, uh, came from from the ceiling above. Um, so this is very typical to all the offices on, on those particular floors. Um, again, here, very similar. Um, a lot of smoke, stain, water, damage, and complete uh, collapse of the ceiling panels above. Um, uh, and then here, uh, on this particular floor, due to the potential deflection of the floors due to the structural um, uh, integrity issues, um, most offices on these floors shows uh, severe cracking of the masonry infill walls. Um, and um, what's 
quite interesting is that these are diag- diagonally cracks coming from from the from the bottom up to the top of of, of these um, walls. Um, uh, again, here um, on the fourth floor, um, with the fifth floor above, um, due to potential settlement of the concrete floor, huge horizontal cracks in the masonry walls. Um, and then obviously from the, the, the roof damage, um, basically some debris in terms of HVAC and um, uh, piping works that, that basically um, uh, fell through uh, this particular opening. Um, this picture shows the water damage to the uh, distribution boards, the electrical distribution boards. Um, so uh, quite significant damage to these boards. Um, these boards are fairly old as well. Um, so here you can see the extent of water that entered these particular distribution boards. Uh, a picture of typically how it looks in the ceiling voids with regard to all the cabling. And this could be uh, your um, ICT cabling, your security cabling, etc. Um, and you can just see the extent of damage uh, with regard to those services. Again, a picture showing the um, typical damage to the uh, ventilation systems and the air conditioning ducting and piping. Um, uh, so quite extensive damage to those um, particular services. Uh, a photo showing the chiller plant in the basement. Um, due to the water, this chiller plant has been affected um, and it will require um, replacement. Uh, typically, the area inside the kitchen, you can see also, again, the collapse of the ceiling above and all ventilation and air conditioning ducting um, actually, um, uh, you know, the damage in, in the process. Um, then, yeah, that's just the repeat. Then if I move on to the fifth floor, um, the fifth floor is completely um, damaged. Um, so virtually everything destroyed on that particular floor. Um, because that was directly be- below the roof, and we all know the roof was quite uh, severely affected by the um, by the fire. And then the lower basements, after extracting the water, um, we could um, uh, determine the conditions of the basements. In, uh, we only found uh, major water damage to these two, two, two basements, in particular the lower basement. Um, not so much in the upper basement, but it will require some cleaning and painting. And the same in the lower basement, we could not find any structural damage as a result of the uh, 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 in excess of 100 million, million liters of water that we had to pump out. Uh, that didn't cause any structural damage in terms of the retaining walls or any of the um, internal um, uh, uh, room uh, walls. Typically, again, um, just some uh, structural uh, uh, defects on the fourth, fourth floor again. Um, and then a uh, typical uh, photo of, of the severe cracking on the fifth floor. Um, hence the indication that um, that is deemed to be completely destroyed. Um, and then again, if you look up um, from the fourth floor uh, with the fifth floor on either, either side here, you can see the uh, the extent of damage on on the roof. Oh. Then um, that's just the, the aerial image of the roof. Um, with regard to electrical, the electrical plant rooms of this building, um, these are located in the upper basement, um, so not directly affected at all. 
Um, the ring main unit uh, does not appear to be damaged. However, this will have to be tested to confirm. Transformers were exposed to water and also to be tested, uh, but it can be reused. The standby generator, that's uh, what uh, was located or, uh, external to the building, so undamaged. Um, and the main DB board, the distribution boards, um, those boards did suffer substantial um, water damage. Um, and uh, will have to be uh, tested and replaced if found to be um, dysfunctional. And then all horizontal reticulations, um, those were destroyed by fire, fire, and that includes the light, lighting and small power plots, so that will have to be re- uh, reconstructed. Electronics, uh, le- electronic systems found in the lower basement and upper suffered uh, substantial water damage, so they will have to be replaced and electronic systems from the ground floor to the roof floor through all those different uh, floors, um, including the main chamber, um, those were deemed to be completely destroyed uh, and will require a reconstruction. Heating and ventilation, air conditioning, um, the main air handling units and cooling towers um, with ducting and piping and the fire and coil systems uh, from the ground floor up to the fourth floor will have to be replaced. Um, and I think the pictures are quite evident of the damage uh, to this particular um, building service. Uh, tiller plants and pumps in the lower uh, basements, these were found to be flooded with that uh, water ingress. Um, and the DX air conditioning spit units and ventilation systems on all the floors above the uh, basement were damaged. Um, and um, the units will have to be replaced. Um, the fan and, and, uh, and motors located in the basements, uh, those were also damaged by the water. Um, an HVAC building management system, um, the existing uh, building management system um, in terms of the central monitoring system, that's located in 90 Plain Street. So only the network cable to this particular um, central uh, monitoring station was, was, was affected, was destroyed. Um, control boards in the roof, um, those were damaged and uh, basically destroyed. And then the control board in the basement was also damaged by, by water. Um, then wet services, all cold, cold and hot water supply pipes, including drainage in the main building from the ground to the f- uh, roof level, those will have to be uh, entirely replaced. Uh, lifts and hoist, hoist uh, the lifts, motor rooms, um, six of them are located in the basements, those were flooded with the motors and electronic equipment damaged. The hoist for the kitchen also found to be damaged by water in basement level one. Uh, and then three staff lifts located at the back of the building, those were not damaged at all. So they're still very much um, um, functional. Uh, smoke and extraction pressurization systems. Um, the building was not equipped with any smoke and extraction uh, systems, uh, in particular for the chambers and other areas. Uh, your, typically your uh, staircases and lift shaft should also be pressurized. And then the basement should also have smoke ventilation systems. Um, and I'll come to that later as to the long-term uh, restoration measures that we have uh, recommended. The kitchen extraction systems, fat traps, and so forth, um, the, the extraction can, canopy um, had only smoke and water damage, nothing major, and the cold room and freezer in the basements were damaged by the water. Um, and then the LP gas system uh, that's located outside of the building, not, not uh, found to be damaged by fire at all. Then if we come to the restoration measures um, in terms of the various options, um, we looked at option one, and this is to reconstruct the building's 
um, like for like, meaning we basically will um, use the same uh, original materials as what was used previously to uh, obviously achieve the same finishes. Um, th this was, however, a, uh, a challenge because um, the materials uh, was imported at a time. We believe that teak uh, timber um, that came from Zimbabwe, and we also believe that it requires special uh, craftsmanship uh, to achieve, obviously, the original state. Um, so that's the uh, challenges that we have highlighted. Um, and the like-for-like -like option will also then not uh, provide any improvements to the, the building um, itself. Um, we found, for instance, that um, uh, in the new assembly, you have got offices uh, which, are, uh, which are on the interior, which do not have windows. Um, and, and obviously, uh, there's no uh, natural ventilation in those, those particular areas. Um, so then we looked at option two, and that is basically um, uh, the reappraisal of the finishes and services, meaning we will opt for local uh, available materials, which will um, give the same um, high-quality fabric, so it does not uh, de-evaluate the building in terms of its heritage significance, still provide an, uh, the uh, required durability and functionality. Um, and then uh, the internal re uh, restoration and rebuild um, will, will be done in this existing layout and envelope of the building, meaning it's basically um, will uh, be compliant in terms of what is currently existing on every particular floor. Um, and this option we have costed. Uh, with regard to option three, and this applies to the new assembly, um, and we, here we looked at the complete demolition and the rebuild of, of the building to the pre-fire condition, meaning we do not incorporate now any significant changes in terms of reconfiguration of spaces on every uh, single floor, um, or for that matter, increasing capacity of the chambers, uh, due to the limited um, uh, spatial require uh, uh, pre-fire sp uh, uh, spatial uh, areas, um, and um, this uh, unfortunately will then still produce a non-compliant building. And what do we mean with non-compliant? It means that um, narrow passages will not comply to the latest South African uh, national um, uh, building uh, standards um, or building regulations it will still be uh, to the exact uh, la uh, previous layouts. Um, and the reason why we've done this option three is to have a direct comparison um, to option two for restoration um, in terms of uh, demolition and, and rebuild. Uh, and, and that is just to have compare basically apples with apples in terms of um, what will it cost uh, in the event um, uh, the, the building is 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 um, uh, demolished and reconstructed entirely uh, due to obviously safety concerns and the fact that it could um, go faster. Option four um, we looked at was the demolition and rebuild, um, and this is um, basically the redesign of a new building. Um, so you can rationalize your building to improve your current inefficiencies. This is typically what was mentioned in terms of. Um, some challenges if Parliament has got a joint setting um, that there's insufficient space space in the in the in the chamber. 
But this option will obviously um, look at all those inefficiencies and you can also then um, design your, your building interior um, with, in, in accordance with the building standards and the, the building regulations. Um, but this option we did not cost uh, at the time. Um, then in terms of option two, um, this is what we uh, at this point in time recommend for the restoration of the old assembly. Um, this will actually entail in the um, replacement of the entire roof structure, uh, dressing all concrete uh, spoilings. Um, this will include obviously the uh, demolitions of parts of the um, concrete uh, uh, slabs and, and, and columns um, and, and the replacing thereof. Uh, all cracks and load-bearing walls will be, re, uh, will be repaired. Um, and then timber floors will have to be replaced. Partition walls will have to be replaced. Uh, all ceilings to be uh, reconstructed. Uh, doors and windows to be replaced. And then all services uh, from your electronics, your uh, electrical, your mechanical and fire services will have to be replaced in the, in the fire damage area. And then all other areas in the old assembly that we indicated um, uh, affected by water and smoke will have to receive restoration works, um, including the chamber. Um, but the chamber will also require for the ceilings to be replaced, as well as the, uh, the electronics to be, to be replaced in the, in the, in the chamber. Um, then uh, the electrical installation, so it will uh, involve the replacement of um, main distribution boards, sub-distribution boards, all lightning and small uh, power, uh, power uh, reticulations. Um, then mechanical systems, um, we, through our conditional assessment, determined that the chiller plant is uh, more than 12 years, 12 years old. Um, it's reaching its end of its service life. Uh, there's frequent main, maintenance required on these chillers, which obviously um, increase the cost for the department to maintain. Um, this also uh, uh, provide disruptions to the old assembly, and we believe that this chiller plant also provides uh, refrigerant to the um, uh, National Council of Provinces, so there's also inconvenience there. Um, so we recommend that um, as a long-term measure that this particular um, uh, chilled water system be, be replaced. And then we also recommend that smoke ventilation systems be introduced in the in the assembly uh, chamber, as well as uh, any uh, staircases and other lift areas, um, and to ensure that the, uh, the old assembly is then compliant with the latest norms and standards pertaining to the uh, codes. Um, fire compliance, very much the same. Uh, we believe this is the window of opportunity. Um, while you have to restore the uh, damage caused by the fire, to also look at um, upgrading the building to comply with the latest sense uh, building regulations and any local bylaw uh, bylaws, um, and um, we believe that through a um, rational fire design, um, the building can um, be made compliant in all respects without fundamentally changing the current uh, uh, interior of the building. Uh, pertaining to narrow passages and so forth. Um, so through the uh, uh, rational fire design, um, those areas can be can be addressed. Um, then the new assembly. Um, here we at this point in time recommend option two. 
Um, and this uh, entail basically the replacement of the entire roof, uh, dressing all concrete spores to all slabs, beams and columns. This will also involve the demolition and rebuild of severe, severely damaged concrete structures, um, uh, slabs and columns, um, as we have depicted, uh, depicted in those photographs. Um, also crack repairs to any masonry internal and exterior walls. Um, the replacement of all floors, walls, ceilings, doors, windows, everything that um, um, got destroyed by fire uh, and affected by smoke and water. Um, this will include electro electrical services um, that we found to, to have been damaged, uh, electronic services, which will include your ICT, your security, audio and video, as well as um, then the mechanical service, the chiller plants, the ventilation, air conditioning, all lifts and, and hoist. And then um, the fire services, um, the replacement of your fire detection and uh, introducing a new fire protection system and then uh, addressing your wet services in this building. And then last but not least, the uh, replacing the building management system. Um, so if we quickly look at the structural um, repairs, um, of importance here is that the yellow area is typically where severe spalling occurred, and this is uh, at the bottom of the gallery. This will require some extensive repair work. Um, and then on the right, the second floor, the red areas depicts basically the complete demolition of those uh, floors. Um, and uh, you can see the pink areas is the strengthening of the uh, post-tensioning beams. Uh, so quite extensive work structural work that will have to be carried out on these floors uh, due to the, uh, the damage caused by the fire. If I move on to the third floor, again, uh, some isolated areas where the slabs will have to be completely de uh, de uh, demolished and, and, and recasted. Um, and then on the fourth floor, again, um, the uh, major areas that will, will have to be demolished and recasted within the yellow area showing some uh, spalling repairs um, to the bottom of those those uh, slabs. And then the last uh, floor is the fifth. Again, um, spalling repairs with a, a small area that will require complete um, demolition and recasting of the concrete slabs. Um, then, Honorable Chairperson, if I can go to elect electrical systems, uh, basically uh, all um, uh, main distribution boards will have to be cleaned and tested, um, and all sub-distribution boards uh, horizontally and vertically through this building will have to be replaced, as well as lighting and small power uh, systems. Uh, all cable trays, con conduits, and power skirtings will have to be replaced due to the extensive damage to, to this um, particular elements. Um, uh, mechanical systems, all uh, heating, ventilation, air, co air conditioning systems will need to be replaced throughout this building, uh, plumbing services as well, um, and then the building management services um, will also have to be replaced. Um, all lifts damaged by, by, the, by, the, by either water or fire, uh, as well as hoist will have to be replaced, and a new building management system will have to be installed. Electronics um, also, um, that will have to be uh, replaced. Um, that will obviously then be of the latest technology, um, and that will also ensure full compliant, uh, compliance in terms of security and communication. Um, it's also recommended that the, 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 the new centralized control room um, with relevant electronic systems uh, be 
be um, introduced. Um, and I think this is uh, also then aligned to the SAPS report. Um, the fire compliancy, again, yeah, um, while there is a window of opportunity, um, the, the uh, reconstruction will involve uh, that the building will be fully fire compliant uh, in terms of the latest cost. It's not to say um, the, bu- the building was not compliant uh, at the time, um, but at a time in 1985, when the building was constructed, um, the building met all the requirements in terms of um, the codes that um, was relevant at the time. Um, then if I move on to construction timelines uh, for the old assembly and link building, we have actually um, uh, grouped those two buildings into uh, one particular project. Um, we did assume that the works can start, uh, the, 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 the planning process can start as of June. Um, unfortunately, there is now a four months lap, lapse period to this uh, program, but we indicated the 10 months for um, the detailed design development um, uh, and then followed by a tender procurement uh, process of four months. And then the construction at this point in time, given the extent of um, work required for re-restoration, um, it's envisaged uh, uh, that it will take 18 months. So effectively, with a four-month lapse, um, this means that uh, construction work and if we should stick to the planning and the design phases or timelines rather um, with procurement, then it means Construction can commence as from the first quarter of 2024 and they uh, will be completed in the second quarter of 2025, um, assuming then um, this particular implementation uh, can can start as from next month. Um, if I move to the newest, um, again, very much the same. We assumed uh, the implementation can start as from June um, two months planning uh, period, and then followed by a, a 13 month uh, detailed design development uh, time period. Um, again, a four month tender procurement period to solicit a building contractor for the for the restoration work. And based on the complexity of the construction work uh, and the extent thereof, we envisage a 42 month construction period. So effectively, with a four month uh, delay, um, this will then um, in, uh, envisage a completion towards the end of the second quarter in 2027, should we proceed immediately with this process. If I move over to the cost estimates, um, I think uh, of importance here is the fact that we then costed the option two, and this is the fire damage only, and I think this is very important. We separated the fire damage from any possible upgrading um, uh, and and, and long-term restoration measures, which is on the right-hand side. Um, And the reason for that is that we believe that that uh, cannot be combined because the um, uh, construction work associated with uh, only damage caused by the fire uh, should be separated from this exercise. So here you can see that the construction work is estimated to be in the order of 82 million. Uh, obviously, we will have to make provision for contract price adjustment, typically your escalation for pre and post contract. Um, that's estimated at 8.5 million. 
um, a contingency provision of 20%, um, uh, amounting to 18 million. That will take the construction to 108.8 million. Um, if we um, provide for professional fees and disbursements to the professional consultants, that's estimated at 12 million and a subtotal uh, of 121 million worth that, that will take us to a total cost for the old and new, uh, uh, the old assembly and the link building um, to the value of 139.3 million. Um, fire related damage only. Um, but then the report recommends then um, the, the uh, upgrading of the building in terms of age equipment, like we indicated, the chiller plants that's at the end of its service life, um, as well as um, to use the opportunity to make the, the rest of the building compliant with regard to ventilation, with regard to fire protection, um, that we estimate to amount uh, to the value of 229 million. Again, uh, escalation provision uh, of 23.8 million and a contingency of 20% to, to that amount, um, to the, which will amount to 50 million, uh, taking the subtotal to 304 million. If you again apply professional fees um, for the consultants to design and uh, provide tenor documentation and uh, provide the contract administration, um, that is estimated to uh, a amount of 30, 33 million. Um, that takes this a particular upgrading uh, to 338 million with that 388 million. So in summary, if we then group these costs together, um, uh, the cost for the fire damage only, uh, as well as then looking at, um, um, you know, upgrading the building to be compliant with the latest norms and standards um, and addressing all um, old equipment, um, effectively the estimated cost is then 528 million. If we proceed to the new assembly, again, very much the same scenario. Uh, however, here we have got option three um, for direct com cost comparison. Um, so if I can start off with option two, which is the fire damage only, um, and this is now um, uh, restoring the building to the pre-fire conditioning, meaning no changes to layouts. It's, it's basically... Uh, reconstructing um, what is already there. Uh, the construction cost for that is estimated to amount 450 million. Again, escalation provisions, um, um, 78 million. And I must just note that due to the sharp increase of escalation, uh, inflation, as well as any prolonged period in terms of the implementation timelines, this could potentially increase. Contingencies, um, uh, if we apply a 15% contingency, that's 79 million. So effectively, the construction work um, to repair the fire damage in the new assembly will amount to 608 million. If you then add professional fees to that, 70 million, that will effectively take us to 678 plus that 781 million. So that is the estimated uh, um, uh, value to restore um, the new assembly. Um, for fire-related uh, damages only. Then uh, option three is where we consider, um, due to various um, uh, potential advantages, um, uh, where we demolish and we rebuild. Um, here, the costing then um, provided an amount of uh, 614 million. Um, again, escalation provisions, 107 million contingencies, and the contingencies is now 
um, reduced because obviously you have got now the option of uh, redesigning um, and taking all, all unknowns out of the equation, um, whereas on the left you can still find a lot of unknowns um, which we potentially may have missed because of the debris, just the environment we had to work in to determine the extent of damage. So that option will then take us to a 721 million. Again, if you allow uh, for professional fees, uh, that will effectively take that option to 861 before VAT and 990 before uh, after VAT. Um, and then uh, this is uh, this is where you can do a direct comparison between uh, option two on the left and option three on the right, um, and that is basically remaining with the same building footprint within the building uh, in envelope meaning there is no additions to the to the building um, as it is currently then uh, again if we start to look at uh, using the window of opportunity to uh, address basically um, non-compliance and and upgrading of this building uh, you can see there that's uh, limited to 148 million and this in particular is for ventilation and for fire protection um, and the fire protection is um, uh, for uh, introducing your your pressurizations for for your smoke extractions and so forth. It, it's primarily the cost for introducing those type of uh, uh, fire protection systems, um, and then obviously addressing uh, ventilation. With escalation and contingencies, that will amount to two hundred million. With professional fees, two hundred and twenty-three million, and with that, two hundred and fifty-seven million. So, in summary. Um, um, we can we can um, uh, provide then that the cost def the differential between option two, um, which is rest, uh, restoration, versus then uh, demolition and rebuild um, is only twenty one percent, and that is basically what is the salvageable portion of the existing facility, which is uh, basically your basements, your facades, and some of your structural um, flaws and, and uh, structural elements of this building. Um, but for the rest, it's basically all, all services and uh, finishes to be, to be replaced. Um, if we then summarize this, uh, assuming that option two will be, uh, uh, be uh, considered, um, the fire damage then is 781 million. If we then add on the compliance um, and the upgrading, uh, that will take us to just over 1 billion rand to basically uh, restore the new assembly and, and to bring it up to date with the latest uh, SANS codes. In terms of uh, cost e exclusions, I think what's of importance here um, is that ICT, all your video and audio equipment that's required inside your um, chambers, th those we have provided for, it's, it's, uh, it's included in the cost estimations. However, only loose furniture, as um, indicated here, item 3.1, um, typically your um, chairs, tables, your decor, um, kitchen equipment, all the loose kitchen equipment, uh, and so forth, those are uh, deemed to be uh, excluded from the cost estimations. And then uh, the miscellaneous is typically your um, computers, your printers, your photocopiers, any uh, telephone handsets, etc. Um, but uh, as I say, stated, ICT, security, um, video, uh, uh, video audio, uh, 
what was previously in the chambers, those we have accounted for in the cost estimation. Um, and uh, as we stated, that will then be uh, in accordance with the latest technology. Um, conclusion uh, on the old assembly and link building, um, we then recommend that um, the old assembly link building proceed with option two, um, the, the reappraisal using local material, local craftsmanship, um, and um, uh, still achieve a uh, high quality of end, end finishes. Um, and um, the up, and we also recommend in the upgrading um, uh, due to the fact that you have got this opportunity now that work can overlap with the restoration work um, of the fire damage um, uh, scope um, and that will actually ensure that your building is now fully compliant um, there's no possibility then of um, maintenance related issue breakdown of all uh, equipment um, and 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 um, that will amount to 528 million. Uh, new assembly also at this point in time we re recommend option two. Um, to, uh, you can see there to the amount of 781 million for a period of 42 months, um, and that will then retain your existing floor layouts, meaning there's no uh, room for increasing capacity um, at all. Um, and then we also recommend that um, the building is upgraded in terms of the equipment and, and uh, the smoke uh, pre uh, pressurization and extraction um, to an additional value of 257 million, thereby taking the total uh, uh, cost to just over a billion. Um, and then option four, we did not price. We deemed that to be outside of our scope. And this is where you, um, obviously, as I mentioned, we will demolish the entire facility, redesign it, and incorporate your inefficiencies um, in terms of capacity, uh, layout, etc. Um, but uh, that we unfortunately did not cost because it was not a requirement from our brief. Um, Honourable Chairperson and Members, I thank you very much. Can I hand back to the Minister? Thank you. Uh, th thank you, thank you, uh, Mr. Lombard, Honourable Chairperson. Uh, just maybe to briefly address uh, why we are coming uh, at this stage to, to brief Parliament and the committee. Uh, one is that we will wait for any further instructions uh, from Parliament um, as to how to proceed uh, from the Executive Authority and the Members of Parliament. Uh, secondly, uh, we received the report at the end of May and submitted it uh, to the Executive Authority of Parliament uh, and requested a date to, to brief Parliament. Uh, Parliament then went on a recess between the 15th of June and uh, I think the 16th of August. And then thereafter, when we requested a date, we the first date that we received was for the the 9th of September, but that has been shifted to today. So um, we are now in the hands of Parliament uh, to further advise us and direct us how to proceed, uh, even if it's if it's not today. Um, I have been in consultation also with the speaker 
because uh, and the speaker can report or the executive authority can report about uh, what uh, interim measures or alternative measures uh, uh, can be put in place as so that uh, Parliament can proceed as normal um, as soon as possible. Uh, thank you, Honourable Chairperson. Thank you, uh, uh, Honourable Minister, and thanks for the presentation. Um, and uh, before I allow members to speak to the presentation, can I request the Secretary to Parliament, Mr. George, uh, as per our agenda, to have remarks on the presentation uh, by Public Works and uh, Department of Public Works and Infrastructure? Mr. George? Thank you very much, uh, uh, Chairperson, and good afternoon to the joint chairperson and members of the committee, and good afternoon to the Honourable Minister of uh, Public Works and colleagues. In terms of this process, we will be having an engagement on a way forward uh, technical planning, myself, the acting DG of Public Works, as well as the acting DG of Treasury. I have met already with the acting DG of uh, National Treasury, and we agree that I need to convene a meeting of the three of us to trash out the implementation scope, the mechanisms we would follow around this project, and be able to have a firm proposed approach that responds to our uh, responsibilities as, as, as the three main players around this match. So that will be how we will take the matters forward. I'm meeting with the acting DG of Public Works next Tuesday. And uh, after that, we will meet the three of us. Thanks, uh, Chairperson. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Mr. George uh, and your team. Can I hear from the members who wants to speak to the presentation. Please raise your hand. Let's use the icon, but if you can't, uh, give me a shout. Am I audible, members? Okay. I see only two hands. Okay. Uh, Honorable Kwarube. Uh, thank you very much, uh, <clears throat> Chairperson, and uh, thank you to the Guha Development uh, for the um, presentation. Just a number of, uh, I suppose, uh, questions for clarity on my side. Um, it's quite clear to to for me that there's obviously an intersection between uh, Parliament, uh, Public Works, um, Treasury, and so to speak. So I just want to understand perhaps the the Secretary to Parliament is better suited to answer this question um, in in his interaction with Public Works and and the work that they've done and the assessment that has been done. How does that link to the work that or the engagements that are being done by Treasury? 
I asked this question, Chair, because we had uh, a meeting that we were meant. We had to. We we had two meetings that we were meant to have with this committee uh, last week, both of which were cancelled. And um, in as part of the discussion for those meetings was a, as a presentation by Treasury, which was speaking to some of the costs related to the rebuilding and the refurbishment of Parliament. So I just want to understand what the status of that presentation is, uh, based on what Public Works has now shown us, and and where we are and where we are with that process, because it's now unclear to me as to which figures are which. Um, and and where we are headed with 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 at least the funding of the the process because it seems to me that that public works is now nearing the end of the assessment so the question then the second question then becomes what now uh, and I suspect that interface or that intersection has something to do with um with 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 treasury and the availability of money and then the other question um chair that I wanted to ask and I and I did ask the secretary this I think a week or two ago when we met um the the police did indicate that um in the in the previous presentation they did indicate that the some of the external fencing will be removed just the the reopening of some of the 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 rest of the precinct of parliament um there are still sections of parliament that have not been affected by the fire which remain Closed and it's quite it's it's unclear to me um, as to as to why that is the case and so perhaps if we can get uh, um, uh, clarity about that uh, and then more importantly just the status of that treasury report which raised some um, uh, I suppose concerns about the the possible delays possible corruption and the pricing that was included in that report based on what now Public Works is saying today. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Honorable uh, Kwahube. Uh, Honorable Shemel. Yes, thank you, Chair. Uh, Mine is a concern about the so-called unfinished projects uh, under our present uh, government. Now, looking at the so-called, you know, the timeframes when you talk about about 2025, with this corruption, as uh, Honorable Kwarube has mentioned, I foresee a problem uh, that I'm having a very big concern with this thing, uh, constructions, pricing, and everything. And at the same time, we are looking forward to the completion of this parliament as soon as possible. And if you are looking at those 18 months or whatever that uh, they are mentioning, uh, this Kuha whatsoever development company, uh, yeah, we were supposed to have started by this thing. And my biggest question now is on the issue of the damaged material that is there that can be recycled as to at what value is it? What is it that is going to be done with that? Because you cannot say that you are going to give that to the construction or the company that will be taking over there. It's a lot of millions. 
looking at the cables that are there and other stuff. What is it that is going to happen? Is this thing going to be recycled by parliament or what? Thank you. Uh, I'm done, Chair. I don't know whether you can hear me. Honorable Shembene, are you done? That's correct, Chair. I'm done. I'm sorry. I was I was, I was cut off I'm out or, or of the platform. Honorable okay. Honorable, honorable, uh, can you hear me, chair? Yes, yes, we can hear you. Honorable Lesuma, we can hear you, madam. Okay, no, thank you very much, uh, and my apology for that delay. Uh, afternoon, uh, and colleagues. Just, it's just a quick one, not in relation to the presentation. There's other, uh, there are two things, Chair, that I would like to raise. That one is that um, through the parliamentary secretary, can you we get an indication or an advice what will happen to our personal things that were damaged in the in the old assembly and the new assembly wings. Uh, noting that um, Parliament is not insured. That's one. And I know that in one of our meetings early, we did raise that, and uh, nobody seems to have an appetite to talk to that. If it can be checked, and two chairs, uh, uh, through a good self-culture persons, I think that's the point that I'm going to, to, to say, so that we don't confuse officials and parliamentary secretary and his team and both the SAPS and the public works, probably when they come to parliament or yes, to parliament to do presentation in terms of the progress and issues, can it, can it be streamlined? Not for them to go more than one committee to report. Because if we hold them to report to us, then they don't do the work that they're supposed to do in terms of their targets. And it gets implicated, impacted negatively. That's my view. I'm not their spokesperson, but it seems like there are various forums that they report to instead of only reporting to this committee which is responsible for parliament management as it were. Thank you very much. Thank you, um, uh, Honorable Lusuma. Uh, Honorable uh, uh, Osma Tapel, I'm trying to get your CV. Oh, sorry, my dear. Okay, thanks, Chair. Chair, yes. Chair um, I, I have only one concern. My apologies for raising my hand a bit late. I'm looking at all these timelines, and I'm going to agree with, with, with my colleague, Honorable Shembeni, about the concern of all these outstanding other projects that are out there. We know that DPWI has a crisis of actually completing, they would find themselves in financial uh, 
situations whereby deadlines have not been met, where the money needs to be another, other monies have to be sourced out for, for, for projects to be completed. Uh, what guarantee do we have that the timelines that they are putting forward, that they are going to be completed on time? My second question is, we've got PMTE, we've got IDT in DPWI. And then DPWI goes and goes for Guha, which the department, the committee of public works does not have any rights to do oversight on. And I, I have a fear that they'll have to answer. We can't even question Guha any questions if there's anything that we are unsatisfied by to 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 come and answer to the committee why were there no options that because if Uha has already done the evaluation as per the 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 the, the, the interview that was done that Uha went and did estimations and whatever that needs to be done is it going to end up the, the, the project being given to Kuha or what's going to happen? Who's going to give, be given the mandate to actually to do all these things that need to be done? Thank you, Chair. Thank you, uh, Honorable Member. Uh, Honorable Khai, you're next. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Honorable Co-Chair. Uh, greetings uh, to the Chairperson. Uh, of the NCOP, uh, the Minister, Deputy Minister, uh, Secretary to Parliament and all other officials. Uh, good afternoon, the Honourable Members. Chair, as I'm listening to the presentations, uh, and there are also options. Um, I, I'm, I'm of the view that, uh, I don't know whether perhaps it's uh, too early to bring this report to uh, members uh, before it has been processed uh, by the executive uh, authority uh, so that once we get the report uh, from the uh, uh, Department of Public Works and Infrastructure, uh, but also we get a report from uh, Parliament uh, with regard to uh, the implementation, which includes uh, the the options, which option the executive authority have, has uh, chosen. Uh, uh, but also the way forward with uh, those other areas that Koha uh, uh, is reporting that they, they did not have mandate uh, on uh, with regard to whether this, the, the costing uh, of the, the, the new assembly, if it were to be demolished, uh, for example. So it gives us a, a situation where we're a bit confused in, in terms of uh, contributing uh, on a matter that is still to be processed um i don't know where uh, if uh, the executive authority maybe through the secretary to parliament could uh, indicate as to after this meeting between the uh, uh, department of public works and infrastructure uh, treasury uh, and parliament when can we uh, then be briefed uh, of the outcomes of these uh, uh, meetings that are still to take place, so that as we discuss uh, this uh, uh, presentation um, uh, briefing, we, we we take into account uh, the 
the the decision that would have been taken uh, by the executive authority and other uh, structures uh, within parliament. Uh, but be that as it may, Chair, uh, I, I would I do have some some questions as well. Uh, given that Kuha uh, uh, has been given a, a mandate to do the initial uh, assessment and also the the final assessment, and that the report was uh, handed uh, over uh, sometime in May or April. What would be its role now beyond uh, today? Because uh, we are being briefed now by DPW through uh, Koha. So what will be the role of uh, Koha and, uh, from now uh, going on? Uh, secondly, Chair, I just say as the, the, the executive authorities will be discussing with the uh, uh, two departments. Um, I just want to, to, to check because the, I mean, the, this, these are huge uh, projects uh, with a lot of money that uh, will be involved. Uh, perhaps uh, not necessarily get, getting a response now. It's a matter that uh, the executive authority, together with the executive of a PWI, uh, could take into account. Because in the past, there has always been challenges uh, with, with, with regard to other projects uh, that the, the department uh, was involved in, uh, in terms of uh, uh, fraud and corruption. Um, for example, now we, uh, we've just met with the, the AG uh, uh, on the outcomes of the real-time audit uh, of money that uh, have been allocated for floods. Uh, you find out uh, uh, in that report, PMTE, for example, was found uh, wanting the, the officials uh, who have uh, also uh, procured uh, some services, uh, and, uh, I mean, provided some services, uh, also using their their spouses, uh, those kind of things. So perhaps it, it could be a the issue that, uh, the, 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 the meetings must take into account as to how do you then, uh, make, uh, assure members of parliament that so, such things won't happen uh, during the process, uh, of, uh, restoration. Um, uh, what mechanism will be there? Uh, for example, should we also with regard to this uh, big and huge uh, project, uh, also consider a real-time audit rather than waiting for the normal audit uh, uh, to take place. Uh, so those are the matters I think uh, that uh, should be taken into account as uh, the executive authority together with the secretary to parliament and, uh, and the treasury and the DPWI uh, should consider so that we don't find ourselves in, in, in those kind of situations. But the other issue, given that uh, there are these estimates uh, that uh, uh, were given, um, whether w- w- in the contracts uh, uh, that will be there, uh, that we should ensure that uh, in, in clauses uh, that will form part of the contracts when the work starts, uh, that there should be penalties if there are any overruns and also try and, and show that there are no overruns because already there are estimates 
uh, that uh, also include the uh, uh, that include the uh, uh, contingencies uh, as well as the uh, uh, escalations. So therefore, the, the, there should be no overruns because it means therefore there would be, have been proper planning. These the figures have been arrived at uh, with a proper pe- planning. So there should also, when we get a report back, uh, another briefing, we should be uh, assured uh, that there will be no overruns. Uh, uh, Just another side issue, Chair, I overheard in the meeting uh, through the parliamentary Facebook page yesterday, the uh, NCOP had, NCOP had uh, a programming committee meeting. Uh, where there was a member who was concerned about, uh, remember that uh, NCOP is having hybrid uh, uh, plenary sessions because uh, the building was not affected. Um, so the new wing and the old assembly have been affected. There has been a concern that was raised uh, of uh, the asbestos air uh, that could uh, be dangerous uh, to members of uh, NCOP who are attending in, in person, uh, the, the plenary sessions. I know that responsibility, the chairperson of NCOP gave it to uh, Advocate Pindela, but I'm just taking opportunity that Kuha uh, uh, and uh, the department uh, are here if they could uh, uh, respond uh, uh, to, to such questions, chairperson. Uh, um, yeah, those are the uh, issues, but others, uh, I think, Gumpago uh, Ganzoto, uh, when they're meeting, uh, uh, together with the department, uh, treasury, and the uh, executive uh, authorities. Um, thank you so much. Thank you, uh, Honorable Hai. Uh, I think you are spot on, and uh, no doubt that you are asking the question to the relevant people, because we are the committee relevant uh, uh, oversighting parliament, so there's uh, nothing wrong with the questions, they are going to the relevant people. If there's something wrong with uh, the NCOP chamber and it puts the lives of uh, or the health of the members at risk, this is the forum or these are the people who are supposed to answer the questions or give solution or made aware of the situation. Honorable Khadebe. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, I think, first of all, we'd like to welcome the, the presentation made here and the progress made in particular in the issue of trying to restore Parliament to its formatory. And then I'd like to agree with my colleague, Honorable Hai, that uh, this presentation looks premature for the Joint Standing Committee on Financial Management of Parliament because what is critical here, Chair, is that uh, we must never ever try to encroach on the mandates of other entities of the state. I'll make an example here. A, a, a treasurer, a, its mandate is to guard the resources, the financial resources of the state. And then a mandate the public works is the custodian of the state property. The mandate of parliament is the custodian of the democracy of parliament, the democracy of the republic. So what is critical here, I was very uh, happy with the, the, the comment of the secretary to parliament that the Troika meeting is being prepared 
between uh, Treasury, Parliament, and the Department of Public Works. Because what must come out of that Troika meeting, they must come back to us with some sort of an implementation plan to work upon. How is this project going to be implemented? Because it's going to be big. If it's a project which is going to go towards two billion rand, it shows that, that there must be some sort of checkpoints which are, are done so that the resources of the state are not squandered. So what is critical here, Chair, is that let us allow the process to unveil itself. But what is critical here is that in October, we're going to have the medium-term budget policy statement of the Minister of Finance. I think in that particular, in that particular statement, one would expect that the issue of parliament must be there. I think that with this issue of costing which has come out today, that the treasury must come on board, that what is it which they're going to find, in what way are they in what in what trenches is it going to be funded? Because what is critical here is that the sooner the parliament returned to its optimal operation, the better for the Republic of South Africa as a whole. So the issue of, of ensuring that the rebuilding starts as soon as possible is very critical. But we will always just be guessing if the executive authority of parliament, the executive authority of public works, the executive authority of treasure has not sat down and trashed out the whole, the whole thing. So what I really appreciate and suggest is that let's give them, uh, let's say before the 15th of October, that the Troika must come and report back to us. Because I think by that time, they must have met. They must have met. So that we are giving a comprehensive picture. But out of that picture, out of that uh, implementation plan, one, the issue of the real-time audit, the issue of the capacity of public works, is it going to be able to carry the job, the, 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 the project forward? But that one can only be done once they interact amongst each other. And the other thing, Chair, which I'll suggest is that although the police are not here, I think that as the Joint Standing Committee on Financial Management of Parliament, we must go to the centers where they're monitoring the security around Parliament so that we go there and see whether it is there, what is happening real time on the issue of security of Parliament. Also, the issue of because the building was handed, the house handed the building back to Parliament yeah, and the public works. Yeah, we must also go for real time as the committee have some time to go and observe as we have seen the pictures here. Yeah, but let's go inside there and see what is really happening down there so that by the time they come back, let's say before the 15, whatever date it might be, which is going to be right, but what we must emphasize that the sooner the executive authorities meet and trash out these issues, the better for the country as a whole. And then agree with Honorable Hai that we need real-time audits on the issue of this close to 2 billion rand type of expenditure, which is going to be undertaken. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Honorable Khadebe. Can I confirm with the committee secretary, Cindy, uh, I know we have invited uh, portfolio committees on police and uh, and public works and infrastructure. Are they on the platform? I know I have had Honorable Fanskalk Vake, um, Shembene from police, 
Are there others? Yes, Chair. Um, the chairperson oh. release is still on the platform. And then I'm just looking to see who else. Um, uh, Ms. Samantha Graham Maria. Okay. Is also still there. So, yes, I could still see those two members. Chair. Okay. Those are the yeah, I just wanted to 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 address the concern of uh, Honourable the uh, Soma and take it as an advice uh, that uh, we should not overstretch um, the departments to have multiple um, uh, accountability, having to go to different platforms or committees to 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 give account on what they're doing. Uh, but we have invited uh, the affected or the interested committees to be part of us. Thank you. Having said that, uh, I'm just uh, on the platform by the mercy of God <laughs> because I'm load shaded and my battery is about to die. I will then allow uh, the... Department of Public Works and Infrastructure, uh, maybe with this, um, the assistance of uh, the Secretary to Parliament, Mr. George, to respond to the questions uh, from the members. Uh, the Executive Authority, Honorable uh, uh, Masondo, you are also welcome to give responses or clarities on issues that have been raised by members. Uh, so is the minister and the deputy minister. Over to you, Public Works. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Uh, and thank you to the Honorable Members for their advice and input. Um, just a few uh, answers from me. Um, we had committed to uh, the chairperson's after we've presented the first phase, where in the first phase we explained that the first phase was done internally by public works and infrastructure uh, officials and that we then had gone out to the market to get an independent uh, company to do uh, the second phase of the assessment. And so that is what we are presenting uh, today. Um, concerning the suggestion by the Honourable Secretary to, uh, to Parliament and, and also by some of the other members, I think I want to agree that uh, the how part and the way forward must still be traced out between the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure, uh, National Treasury and Parliament and then convene a meeting uh, with uh, the members of parliament as soon as possible. Uh, the Minister of Finance uh, did stress the point raised by Honourable uh, Khadebe that um, if there is any allocation to be made, uh, the announcement must be made in October as to how, uh, if National Treasury is going to fund it, so I think uh, to go into detail today um, of, 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 of the processes forward will be a bit premature until we can see with what the, the Secretary of Parliament 
and the Troika, as they called, um, can, can, can bring to us. I do agree with the members around uh, the procurement process. Uh, we all are concerned about corruption and that we need to see transparency. Uh, and we can certainly design a process uh, with Parliament, um, how to open up the process. Uh, for instance, when the bid evaluation committees meet, it can be in public. When the bid adjudication committee meets, it can be in public. Those things can be done. I also agree with the real-time audits uh, and no overruns and no overtime and uh, just how the money will be dispensed. Uh, KUCHA's work is done now as an independent body. Uh, if KUCHA wants to participate within the procurement process, uh, that is a different question. Uh, but as far as DPWI is concerned, uh, they have delivered on what the brief that we have given them, and it's up to uh, KUCHA then to decide uh, what they want to do going into the future. But uh, I certainly support that we uh, wait for the TICO to present a report because with this report, uh, we just kept our commitment to the members of parliament to come and report to them about uh, from the independent report from KUCHA. But now it is up to Parliament, the Executive Authority of Parliament, the members of Parliament. Uh, you are using the institution. It's up to you uh, to, to instruct uh, public works and Treasury and Parliament what it is that you want to do next. Uh, if you want us to proceed based on the options that we have put to you, we also leave that to, to Parliament as an institution to make uh, those final decisions a chairperson. And I think this report from KUHA will assist them uh, to make a decision on, on the way forward. So I support that we have another meeting after the Troika has met and come back to the Honourable Committees. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Yes, uh, no, thank you very much, uh, 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 Chair. Uh, just a, a quick one on my, on my side. The first one is 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 ready to say that uh, the concerns uh, uh, I think are very very genuine, uh, uh, and they have to be uh, taken forward. So they they are noted. Uh, uh, Ranging from committee responsible, corruption, unfinished project, uh, availability of resources, and so on. So the concerns are, are noted. I also just want to agree with the minister uh, on the real time uh, audit uh, and, and that everything possible should be done to uh, avoid a situation where the situation degenerates and, and instead of uh, as addressing the, the issue at, at, at end, uh, uh, we, we 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 end up uh, being bogged down by by corruption and related uh, type activities. Uh, and lastly, uh, 
Uh, I would say that let us allow the process to unfold uh, and uh, 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 keep uh, uh, the, the committee uh, informed and seized with the matters. Uh, thank you very much. Okay, uh, thank you, uh, Honorable uh, uh, Masondo and uh, Honorable Minister. I don't know if your 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 response, your comments and responses have uh, assisted the members. I understand that uh, uh, some of the issues that we have raised are are better placed uh, or to for us to wait for the Troika meeting to take place, but there are also other issues that members have raised in terms of the uh, the status quo as to why is the situation as such. Uh, but if you feel that you can only uh, answer that or give answers uh, the, to, to those questions uh, after the meeting, it's something else. Uh, I'm saying... Uh, these in connection with uh, uh, the questions raised. The Troika, I think, is going to address, um, from where I'm standing, is going to address the implementation uh, or the way forward in terms of what has been presented by by, by Guha on behalf of the uh, Department of Public Works and Infrastructure. The implementation, therefore, uh, uh, looking at the the the, the, the costing, but uh, the the questions from members in terms of the 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 issue of the the safety of the members uh, in the NCOP, the issues of the the accessibility thereof, an explanation needs to be given, uh, maybe. Uh, I think it's uh, uh, Honorable Guahube. Chair, you are not audible, or is it only me? Yeah, the chair has lost connection. Maybe you can continue, Honorable Khade, with, with the chairing in the meantime. Oh, oh, all right. Uh, I, I think we are there. Let's give the Secretary to Parliament to respond to the issues raised, in particular the issue, as the, the chairperson has said before, that the issue of asbestos is something which can be addressed now. I don't know whether the UHA people or the Department of Health can respond to that and then package all the other questions for after the meeting of the executive authorities of the three entities. Can the Department of Public Works and UHA respond to the issues by Mr. Hai? on the issue of asbestos in particular, because asbestos is very dangerous. Uh, yes, yeah. I, I can ask somebody. I want, 
Kucha <laughs> we have tested the materials, so Kucha is in a position to respond. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Thank you, uh, Chairperson. Just, and, just and on the question Mr. of asbestos, uh, Chair, uh, uh, the the asbestos issue has been raised by one member uh, in the in the NCOP. Uh, uh, so it, 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 it's, it's just a, a rumor uh, that uh, there, there's no substance uh, uh, to it. But we'll continue to look at the matter uh, and, and keep members abreast uh, 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 of development. But so far, it's just a, a rumor, no substance. Uh, thank you very much. Okay, I'm back. Uh... Thank you for the responses and thank you, Honorable Khadebe, for intervening. Um, I will get comfort uh, if uh, I'm getting comfort from your last uh, comment, Honorable uh, Chairperson, that you you look into the matter. Uh, I think rumors uh, or issues starts like this as rumors, they need to be verified if it's true. And uh, sometimes we don't follow up on issues because uh, we we think whoever has raised them has covered us. Thank you for, for the response and the commitment or indication that you will follow that up to find out if there is such. Because there are other rumors that are, are raised and when we follow them up, we find them to be true. Uh, the Secretary to Parliament, I think, will also assist. I see somebody has opened a... To interrupt, um, the Kucha is online and they can respond immediately to the claim of asbestos. I've asked them to do that just before Honorable Chairperson was, was reconnected. Thank you, Chairperson and Minister. If I can quickly respond on the asbestos issue. Um, with regard to asbestos, I think the members will recall that we were quite concerned about the roof tile slates that we found in the old assembly in the damage uh, area uh, on the second floor. And um, we subsequently investigated if those uh, t- uh, tiles are um, containing any asbestos fiber uh, co- co- content um, but subsequent to that, we did. Um, uh, we have been advised that uh, five or six years ago, all asbestos roof tiles, slate tiles on that building, uh, all those tiles have been replaced with a fiber cement. So indeed, um, that uh, is not a concern. Um, there was an issue about the fact that the paint in the old assembly may contain some asbestos. But the DPWI did take samples of the paint inside that building. It was sent off to a specialized laboratory for testing. The re- results uh, came back and it proved that the, indeed there's no asbestos content in the paint. With regard to the um, asbestos, if I uh, listen carefully, in the uh, uh, um, uh, NCOP, unfortunately our brief was not to carry out detailed investigations of that building. So um, I can't comment on whether they may be materials which are of uh, asbestos nature. Thank you, uh, Jay. 
Honorable Khadebe, we've is, is the meeting adjourned? No, we've lost the chair again. Could you could you please uh, facilitate going forward? All right. I, I think what 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 has transpired <laughs> is that the Kuka has responded adequately on the issue of what's this thing on the issue of the asbestos. Né? So what whatever is is left behind. All the other questions, just like the question you asked Ms. Harube on the issue of the status of the report of the treasurer, which was supposed to have been tendered to, to this thing last week. I think that let us wait for them, the Troika to meet, let them come with a comprehensive so that whatever report comes here has the knowledge of all the involved executive authority. I don't know whether is there any other question which was not answered you should feel you comrade you members feel that it must be answered to uh, yes uh, uh, yes oh George. yes if the if the secretary to parliament would like to answer some of the questions yeah. um and i also don't know if um i think i think the minister of public works did answer some of the yeah. other matters that were raised all right, Mr. George. No, thank you very much, uh, uh, Chairperson. I think uh, we 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 are committing to meet, as I've indicated. Uh, I've met with the the acting DG of National Treasury around our request for the funding. And I would now be meeting on Tuesday with the acting DG of Public Works. What we have agreed is that we will arrange as a matter of agency the meeting of the three of us so that we can then scope and thresh out all the modalities that should inform the approach to this project. I think we all appreciate, uh, honorable members, that these are extraordinary set of circumstances and they would require for all of us to summon our combined efforts and strength so that we can tackle this matter, minimize any possibilities that could uh, impede on our agency to drive a project of this magnitude. So when we work together, it will be precisely to tackle that issue so that when we come to the committee, we come with a combined report all the time so that there is no different sets of approaches in regard to engagement on this project. So we hope we will be able to do that. There is also uh, an engagement that our three-aside meeting would help us to prepare an approach to brief our 
combined executive authorities so they can also receive a recommendation from us as 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 as, as the troika around this matter so we'll be preparing so that our principals can then meet the, the the three executive authorities to look into this matter on the issue of the budget our engagement um, um, with treasury has um, at least uh, gone to a stage where we are now ready for the subsequent engagement of the executive authority of parliament with the executive authority of national treasury which meeting is scheduled to take place fairly soon so at prior to october there is certainty on the allocative approach in the medium term budget policy statement including issues that relate to unforeseen and unavoidable expenditure that has been occasioned by the fire so that meeting will take place um, uh, fairly soon and it's targeted to take place next week and after that i think there will be an approach then for a full conversation of the the trial of the executive authorities of public works treasury and parliament with regard to the issues of um, the different cost issues that have been shared i think the 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 troika approach chairpersons and and honorable members and the minister is exactly to avoid that so that we don't have different set of circumstances that inform the approach yes the assessment has been done by public works both part 1 and part 2 and the figures we do share can only arise out of the the report that we have shared with public works but we do know as presented now that from time to time cost drivers in the built environment do shift they do inform changes in the scope of estimates and i think these are the factors that uh, would be managed and they talk to the the experts that that monitor that but once we come together from time to time it will minimize um any potential of having different uh, uh, figures around 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 this matter on the issues raised by um, oral bilkwahube on the precinct as well as reconciliation of figures i've covered that there is um, this meeting that we will have as i said it would look at exploring all those options in terms of how to streamline our work and uh, explore different approaches that must respond to the kind of unique challenges where there is different players involved in managing um an institution like 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 parliament the issues raised by orable lesuma i would ask my colleague who handles the issue of uh, access to the building the risk factors that were taken miss mazungu would be able to respond on how we will open up access guided by a specialized approach to accessing the building given its high risk nature that has been outlined um, by structural engineers so she will be able to respond to that in terms of how we will facilitate access to members to take whatever valuables that may still be a possible salvage in the in the environment there's work being done to assist that process and she would she would be able to to to, to respond to that other than that uh, chairperson uh, i think uh, honorable khadebe has covered the points uh, that have been raised by honorable matabelo uh, honorable suisa um, and honorable khai around how we should approach the matter going forward so that all risk factors are well scoped all risk factors are well mitigated 
and we manage it in the context of ensuring that the fiscals we are able to account fully on factors that are around the restoration of parliament. I would like to leave it there on the chairperson and ask uh, my colleague Mazungu to respond on how we will approach access for members to check what is there, if there's still anything uh, 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 to save. Uh, uh, with your permission, chairperson, uh, Member Zungu, please respond. Thank you, STP. Good afternoon, honorable members. Yes, indeed, the public works and parliament, we are looking at the process of search and recovery. Uh, to ensure that members are able to uh, retrieve their belongings. However, right now we are looking at the best methodology to apply uh, because we have to ensure that uh, the safety of the people that are entering the building is not compromised. So we will, however, uh, be communicating the process back to the members when we have completed this process. Thank you, STP. No, so thank you, Secretary uh, and your team, and the Minister and her team, uh, and Obama and his team, and Tarek, plus the members from the Arab Forum Committees. Uh, this meeting has been very successful. There has been a lot of clarity which has been made. And then I think that what is left on our side is to wait for that report back. I really appreciate the situation, Secretary, that it must be done before the 15th. So that, as you said, that I go to meeting next week, and then to be the last week of September, and ensure that before the 15th, there is some sort of a report back coming back to us here. And then with a full implementation plan, and all the risk, how they are going to be mitigated. And then in that implementation plan, I remember it also in the previous meeting, that the executive authority had committed that they were going to appoint someone to look at the work of public works. But I think you'll come back as an entire report when you come back to that day. So without further ado, I'd really like to adjourn this meeting. Oh, I see the hand of Mr. Fack. Yeah. No, no, it's just a small matter, Chair, that in future, if the Portfolio Committee on Police uh, public works and infrastructure are invited. Uh, that uh, uh, invitation should also be extended to the select committee that oversight uh, uh, DPWI, as well as uh, the select committee on on security. Uh, not just uh, NA portfolio committees, but there are select committees that uh, are responsible for police and uh, uh, Department of Public Works and Infrastructure. Thanks so much, sir. No, thank you, Honorable Khai. It's true. I think that OCD will take note of that today. So that when they come back for the next report back uh, meeting, everyone is, is invited. But also what is very important, they have a right to participate. Né? Because this thing is the issue of parliament. Né? It affects everyone. They've got the right to participate in the, in the meeting. So, without further ado, really, I appreciate everyone who attended this meeting. And let's go and try to work very hard for the people of the Republic of them over the weekend. Thank you. The meeting stands adjourned. Chair, are we not supposed to deal with the minutes? I don't want to be able to do it. Okay. See, I'm correcting. 
<laughs> good, oh. good afternoon, Chair. Um, we are not couraging on NTLP. Oh, we are couraging with Ms. Mashango, yes. We could we could adopt the minutes. Also, also, Chair, maybe just to respond that we did invite the select committees of police and um of security and DPWI on in the NTLP. Okay. Uh, Honorable Khadebe, it looks like Cindy is saying uh, we can uh, release uh, the executive authorities of parliament and their team and that of uh, uh, DPWI and uh, thank them very much and thank your good self for the intervention while I was kicked out and uh, the cooperation that we are getting and also the portfolio committees, members of police and the uh, public works and infrastructure. Thanks, uh, uh, honorable members, for their cooperation. We will also do the same when you deal with issues that affect us and you invite us so that we deal with them jointly. We, on, we all have only one set of the minutes that we need to adopt, and they were sent to us in, 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 in time. Honorable members of the Joint Standing Committee on Financial Management of Parliament. Thank you. That's page one. Let's move, Cindy. Page two, the attendees. And three and four. Check the surnames if they are spelled correctly. You're too fast. You, what page are you now? No, go down, down, down. Yes, let's move to the next page. Okay. Anything to raise members on that on that page, this page? Let's go. Let's move, Cindy. To page seven. We are now on page eight. If there's anything that you have identified, uh, honorable members, feel free to correct it. We are now on page nine. Even though we had enough time to do so before we came to the meeting. Page 11, now we are on 12. Page 13. This is the end of the minutes. Can I get a mover to adopt the minutes as a true reflection of the minutes uh, of the the date, Cindy? Go up. <coughs> minutes of the 2nd of September, 2022. Can I get a mover? I move for the adoption of the minutes as a true reflection of what happened in the meeting. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Member. You were present ne? in the meeting. I was 
Cindy, can yes, you also Chair. help? Yes, Chair, my mother was present. Thank you. Uh, can I get a seconder? Uh, Honorable Chair, before, uh, I don't think I was present, but can I get a, a clear, I couldn't hear Cindy when she said that we do have a quorum or not. She did. I can get that contact. She did. Okay. Okay. Can I get a seconder? Honorable members, am I not audible? Am I kicked out again? Can I get a seconder so that we can finish with the... Your chair, but uh, my my challenge is that uh, I joined the meeting towards the end, so I wouldn't know uh, the uh, what happened before I, uh, you know, I joined the meeting. So I will request those who uh, uh, attended at the start of the meeting to second if they don't have any problem. Honorable Kwahobe. Honorable Chair, I was present I was Okay, the I took Um, members, I think Mashangu um, got kicked off again, but I think I heard Ms. Lissoma seconding. Ms. Lissoma was present, but the line wasn't very clear. Honorable <coughs> Khadebe, can you continue again? Facilitating the meeting? All right, thank you, uh, uh, honorable members. I think that uh, so much is second the, the, the minutes. This is the only set we're dealing with, isn't it? Yes, Mr. Hadebe. No, so if we were agreed with that one, we're fine then. Yes, Chair. Yes, so it means that is there any other items still outstanding? No, Chip. No, no, Mr. Hadebe. Before you close the meeting, Chair, if I may. Yeah. May, right. I, may I respectfully request that in one of the meetings, uh, we, deal, we get a, a, a picture in terms of the feeling of critical vacancies and also the the intake of insects. Honorable Soma, I've missed you. I didn't get some. Oh, oh am I now audible, Chair? 
Yeah, I, I can, can hear I, you. I, yes, I can hear you now. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you very much for your patience, Chair and Honorable Members. I was requesting that in one of the meetings before the, 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 the end year, financial, uh, financial uh, calendar year, if we can get a, 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 a status report in terms of filling of vacant, critical vacancies at the senior management, and also a status in terms of intake of in-service trainees. Thank you very much. In all units. Thank you, Chair. Okay, thank you, Honorable Suma. I think what, what has happened, Cindy, did you get what Honorable Suma said? I was not in that meeting. Ne? Cindy? Yes, Chair? Did you get what No, it's fine. Uh, honorable members, you know, uh, myself and Honorable Sumo are supposed to be in another meeting now. Not that I'm rushing anything, but I really appreciate that we started this meeting around one o'clock. It's already something to 23 minutes to five. And then you kept throughout the whole meeting. It is highly appreciated. So I think that those minutes have, have been seconded. So it means that they are adopted. So they become part of the record of the committee. So I really appreciate everyone who attended and the contribution. And the meeting stands adjourned. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chair.